Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can't call a guy who went from almost $2 billion to like $400 million in like a span of 36 hours a genius. I got I to gotta call cap on that. Right, but now still they, got four hundred million. <laughs> the fuck. Right, and not only that, but the company that caused him to go they from that, him. they need him. They're also down one point two billion. So clearly, there's some geniusism in there. They need him. They trying to figure out how to get him back, and they try and get him back. That's what happens. Yes, yes, yes. It is the Castworthy Podcast, and we are back. It is Sunday, February 19th. Three-man gang today. Myself, Big Steve, a.k.a. Last of Dying Breed on the Twitter machine, joined by the VP and EJ, the Savage, this fine morning. Uh, before we get started, EJ, are you still in a relationship? <laughs> yes. All right, another week down. <laughs> Yo, this is out of control. <laughs> Varian. Jerks. Yeah, they say, like, once you do something for, what is it, like, like four weeks and it becomes a habit or something like that? 21 days. 21 days makes a habit. Mm. So That's a but, shitty timeline. Yeah, it's always it's 21 days. But, but, what's the, what's the temps up there? Once the temps hit about 72, that's when EJ's, uh, you know, that's when... I'll start taking bets. So, <laughs> it's like the groundhog. Groundhog sees his fucking shadow. EJ about to break up. Nah, <laughs> man, I'm I'm better. I'm better in the winter time. That's that's when I'm activated in the winter time. Yeah, just because you got cuddle cuddle body. Ah, because it's it's the best time to be drinking and outside winter time. Fucking summertime, nigga, I be sweating and shit. <laughs> Hurt. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, here we are. It is a week after the Eagles have lost the Super Bowl. Uh, important to highlight that. I spent uh, the Super Bowl last Sunday with E uh, at his home. So, I know you went over there. Yeah, yeah. It was me and him and uh, Mark popped in and um, a couple other folks. Yeah, yeah, it was me. And- oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I, I thought Mark said in the chat he was going to go, so... Yeah, I got to uh, got to watch firsthand um, the pain, <laughs> the anguish, uh, you know, the fight, you know, when you're trying to fight back tears, um, <laughs> you know, like it, it got real somber and quiet real quick, <laughs> you know, lots of clapping, yelling and screaming early on. And then, uh, you know, slowly it started to get really, you know, quiet. That second half was like... <gasps> Somebody let the the air out of the balloon, and uh, and then eventually somebody just popped that bitch right at the mm-hmm. end. Um, 
Did you guys get to watch? I'm sure you guys watched the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yep. Any any takes? Jalen Hurts oh. fumble. I keep I keep highlighting that piece. Everyone likes to excuse that it was very early in the game, but momentum is everything. Okay. They got 14 points to Kansas City seven. They look like they can't be stopped offensively. Third down, they've been uh, completing every third down, converting it. Jalen Hurts fumbles. And you spot Patrick Mahomes and Kansas City six points they had to do nothing for. So instead of potentially going up 21-7 and being into well into the second quarter, you're now tied up. They go back down, they march down the field, and they score again, which which to me, people are like, oh, it, that, it was easy for them to go back and score. That's exactly my point. How <laughs> they could have been 21-7. And at that point in time, Kansas City was looking like they were slowing down. They looked like they had no answer. Shoot, they might have went up. Who knows how much in that half if that didn't happen. Now you see the KC's bench get lively, get life again, and they can't believe that they just got six easy points without having to do anything. And then the confidence changed and the tide of the game just changed. Yeah, I, I have to agree with EJ there. Um, I was one of the people who was like, oh, I mean, you know, fumble was early. They still went up double digits after that happened, you know, that kind of thing there. But, you know, me and EJ had a discussion about it um, on in the chat. And he, he he converted me, changed my mind because when when we were talking about it, it literally reminded me. They showed a moment when um, Jalen Hurts took off on one of those big runs, and the camera went to um, Spagnola, the defensive coordinator, and you literally see him mouth, "What the fuck?" Like like the defense don't know what to do, the defensive coordinator don't know what to do. It's like they have they have nothing for this guy, mm-hmm. and then they get an easy one. And it's almost like it's it, you know what it's you know what it's like one all all three of us one of our favorite movies, Rocky Four. And when he goes to the side, he's like, "You got him. He's not a machine. He's a man." <laughs> 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 and it's like it's like the defense was like, "Yo, this dude is human. You know, he put his pants on one leg at a time. So yep. <laughs> let's go get him." And 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 the whole shit just changed, yo. <laughs> so. Yeah, I uh you're absolutely right. I think both of you guys hit hit the nail on the head. That was a huge play. Um and the it was even bigger because they didn't do shit, right? He dropped the ball. It's not like they hit him and caused the fumble. Like it was just a fucking blunder from a young quarterback that the lights were too big, called it from weeks ago, and I knew during the Star Spangled Banner that the lights were too big for them. Because Sirianni is on the sideline crying Jordan, like fucking <laughs> tears running down his face. Like this is the spotlight of his life. Like don't show that shit. They pan to Andy Reid and this nigga's thinking about, all right, is it going to be uh, roast beef after? Or like this nigga, he's not, he's not phased. Patrick Mahomes is standing there like, all right, well, whatever. Where's my little mixed kids? Like, there was no emotion on the Kansas City sideline. They were like, yo, it's another day at the office. Time to do business. Get us out there. We're going to make it happen. Meanwhile, on the Eagles sideline, you got a bunch of green-ass dudes. No pun intended. Um, 
you know, first time there, first timers, and rightfully so. It was big emotions and emotional and shit like that. But I knew from that point, head coach over there crying, what kind of, like, what are you setting? What example are you setting? First of all, I hate his face. I hate Sirianni's face. It is like the most punchable face in the world. He just looks like, he looks like a proud boy. And, um, you know, he's just a scumbag. He looks like a scumbag. He's probably a really good guy, but he looks like a scumbag. And I hate his face. So when he was crying, I'm like, all right. So and I told him, I said, I said to all everyone at, at East House, I'm like, yo, they're gonna lose. Look at it. Look at him because of that. Him, he was crying. Who was the other one that was crying? Was it Jalen Hurts? There was two people on the Eagles sideline that were that were crying. And I was like, nah, they, they don't got that killer. Ain't no instinct. Ain't no killer instinct there. Like you dead in tears over fucking Duck Dynasty screaming, you know, in the Rockets red glare. Come on, man. Stop, stop. So I knew they was gonna lose. Uh, but yeah, that was a huge play. Um at least a seven point or ten point swing because you know, if they go down and only get three, right? That's ten points. If they score, it's a fourteen point swing. So um and then the defense at that point was like, Okay, yeah, let's get it popping. And then I forget his name, thirty two, um, mm-hmm. the one that got the fumble. Mm-hmm. At, at that point, from that point forward, you've seen him in almost every single play. He's like everywhere. from that point, yeah. After that, he was every fumble for a touchdown that they called back. Yeah, he looked like Palomalu, Ed Reed mixed in in one Ronnie Lot. Like this, he looked like monster mash out there. Uh, after that, like his confidence went from you know uh, softy to Viagra. Like he was on it. Pause. <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, that was a huge play. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just simple. It's simple football. Like. When you have a momentum on a team and rhythm is everything, and you just look at how somber the Kansas City sideline was because they had just went out and got stopped, right? Mm-hmm. So Philly now looking like the juggernaut coming back this third and six, I think, third and seven, and they've converted almost every third down at that point, I believe, mm-hmm. and yeah, they looked unstoppable. I mean, literally looked unstoppable. It looked like they were going to whoop Kansas City's ass completely. You know, another big piece that a lot of people haven't talked about, I haven't heard anybody mention it, but I gave E a hard time from the beginning and throughout the night. Miles Sanders getting hurt on that um, on that play early, like his second run of the game. He goes out of bound. He gets rocked in his hand. You see him come back, shaking his hand. He doesn't come back now after that. I thought he was done for the game because he didn't come back for like 10, you know, 15 plays, you know, a few few series before he came back. And then he was like, oh, who's 26? I'm like, oh, it's Miles Sanders. He's like, oh, he's back. All right, he's back. But he's not, you know, they were they were giving him plays, but he clearly wasn't 100 percent. And listen, Gainwell, as good as he is, Scott, like these guys are not Miles Sanders. You know what I'm saying? So now you really have to depend on, you know, Jalen Hurts, one, to make throws, which he made some good throws in that game. All the shit I talked about, him, he made some good sh- good throws. Um, and, uh, and you know, he's got to be a running game because these guys are only going to get you chunks of five or, you know, three to five maybe versus, you know, Miles Sanders who could probably break it for seven or eight and get you a short third and two type of deal. Yeah, that was definitely huge for them, man. That was definitely huge for them, but – you know, at, at the end of the day, the, the offense, you know, for the Eagles, it, it really it goes as Jalen Hurts goes. You know what I mean? And and, mm-hmm. and 
I mean, he he was just getting it done for them. But it's like, you know, the fumble happens. Casey's defense gets momentum. They come back after halftime thinking Mahomes is done. He comes back and shows you, like, nah, I'm good. Right. Whether, that's the other whether, one. <laughs> whether he got an injection or not, you know, like, I know oh, that's. I'm sure. He, I think they put a whole new ankle in at halftime. Yeah, this man like, came out like nothing. Yeah, he he's saying he didn't get anything, but I just can't imagine going into into the game injured and then re-injuring it during the game, especially with that long of a break. You know, the super, the halftime show was like 30 minutes. I think they said it was scheduled for 29. I don't know if it actually ran exactly 29. But um, um, I can't imagine adrenaline is holding you still at that point. You know, like you, you're just in the locker room chilling. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So unless I, he, I, unless I he Paul pierced him, he might have Paul pierced him. I think he was playing possum. In the, I think he mm-hmm. was. I think he was playing possum the whole time. Had to be because there's no way. Like, that I last run, come on, possum. man. Yep. Yeah. I think he was literally he, playing possum. You know, you got to give credit to, and we talked about it in, in the chat, and I think it's important, is the ability to adjust, right? We saw in the second half that Kansas City team adjusted like crazy. Um, there was no longer pressure on Mahomes. Like, we saw pressure in the first two quarters. After that, it was like this dude almost had all day to make throws, or maybe not all day, but he was getting his hot routes. They had hot routes set up for him. Um, the Eagles, dumbasses, same shit, same play, play after play after play after play after play. They got beat on the same play twice in that game, which they've gotten beat all year on that play. Jacksonville beat them on that exact same play. Like, they, how do you not, like, that's scouting. That's scouting. That's coaching. We said it. We talked about it for, like, four the last four weeks of the season, how big coaching is to, you know, to a team. And we saw... The enemy, uh, Andy Reid, and I keep forgetting the defensive coordinator. We saw those guys adjust. Spagnola. We saw them adjust, and we saw the Eagles, young coaches, similar to the Dolphins, try to do the same thing. And and even the fucking Cowboys, you know, same bullshit, and got beat. And that's, you know, it was a big there – was, there was a lot to that game, man. And the Eagles, obviously, they could have won it. Let me ask you guys a quick question. Um – and and somebody kind of made this point but didn't make the point. In the AFC chip, Kansas City got through on that last uh, roughing the passer. You know, you get to kick the shorter field goal, right? In this one, they get the hold, which was a hold. We know it was a hold. It was a double hold, right? Um... Do you discredit any of of their last two games on the fact that they got some questionable calls that most other people wouldn't get? Like the only other person I would think would get that call is Tom Brady. Those calls is Tom Brady. Go ahead, I I don't question you know the the team. I mean, you know, it is what it is. We we see blown calls all the time. The issue really is is the officiating, in my opinion. And we see this more so in the NBA than we do in the in the um, in the NFL, where even like when you have some of the like the real hard nosed refs, like um, oh boy who retired the little short ball dude, the little short white ball guy, like even him, he used to call tight games. But when we got in the finals, he seemed like he backed off some. You know, he let him play a little bit more. And I and I just feel like even though textbook that was a hold, the player himself said he 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 held him. 
you can't make that call in a Super Bowl with the game on the line. That that's it. It it, it was a legit call, but in that scenario, it it almost feels ticky tack, you know. I I the only reason I disagree is because basketball you can have basketball there are touch fouls there are loose fouls like Joel and B gets breathed on he gets fouls right it's like but in the M, in the, in the NFL when you're holding someone like that and impeding the ability for them to make a catch that's way more impactful than just uh I might have went to block the shot I touched his arm a little bit this ticky tack that's almost like a flagrant. In, in the NFL, it's almost like a flagrant because if you let that go, then might as well just be PI on everything. Like, there's nothing you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he he can't break out of that, you know, to make the catch, then you you gonna have to let that go every time. Then you know what I mean? It, it's it's another thing if let's just say, let's just say you call a block in the back or something like. I mean, there's some certain there's certain penalties in football that just have to be called in the nature of the game. Like, I can't really think – the only other thing I could really think about is – I can't I can't even – yeah, maybe a roughing the kicker. Um, now I can't – I mean, I really can't – I think there's something. I can't think of it, but um, maybe a – maybe a – I don't know. Um, it's so tough, I, man, I, but it's, it's I hear tough. what you're saying, EJ. The, the problem for me, though, is that – if 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 they were gonna play it that way, okay, cool. But when we look at other penalties, right? And and the best example in, in my opinion is when we look at roughing the passer. We see Tom Brady, we see Aaron Rodgers, and we see like Pat Mahomes get certain roughing calls that other quarterbacks don't get. You know what I mean? And so it seems like they're able to differentiate where, you know, hey, we can't fuck up the church's money on this one, you know, with, with this guy. But you know, so I, I feel like you you gotta you know, if, you, if you're going to call it the same across the board, okay, cool. But we, we don't see them do that. So, you know, let, let's kind of pick our spots, you know. Does he make the catch if if he doesn't hold? Like, the, the ball was deep. Like, he threw it. it. It almost looked uncatchable, right, to me. I'm thinking if he gets out of that break, I don't know that he even gets to that ball. But, but to yeah, EJ's that, point, he doesn't even get the opportunity to. That's the thing. You can't. In football, if it's that egregious, and even when roughing the passer, I looked at Ben Roethlisberger talking about, uh, I think he was watching a clip of, it might have been Jalen Hurts, on how he got tackled by his face mask. Ref said nothing. Then they come back. The next play, they pretty much gave him a call that they missed. You know what I mean? But, you know, the the quarterback, a lot of that could be ticky-tack. Certain things and certain dudes – that hit these guys after the ball's released. It's just a lack of control. It's just stupidity. Like John Franklin Myers for our team lost us at least two games doing that bullshit just this season. Um, but again, in football versus basketball, if you got a guy, he's driving to the lane and you go up to block the shot. And as, and as long as it's not a flagrant joint where you straight swipe them and hit him in the head, like, like LeBron's call, like, they gave him a no call, but then we can sit here and argue. It it changed the whole course of the game, right? Right. But it was a ticky. It, it could have went either way. But when you're talking about a dude and you're seeing him get past somebody and shaking him, and then you got your arm around his waist, he's fucking tackling him. I mean, it was obvious. Like the only, you got the only get problem. That. Only problem I have with that call on that play, um, and those like it is 
I don't like that the wide receiver can run into a defender and create the contact and then end up getting a call because maybe the ref looked away for two seconds or you knocked me off balance as a defender. They're not calling anything on the on the receiver. They're not calling anything on the offensive player for doing that. And now I'm off balance, so I'm beat. You change your route. You got all your balance. You're going to beat me. What am I supposed to do? Just fall and let you beat me? Like, I feel like they need to look at that and start to call, you know, the, the you know, illegal contact on offense, you know, within X amount of time or something like that, because they're, they're not just running like, oh, you know, running, stopping their route and going. They're running, hitting, creating contact, knocking me off balance because I'm going one way and now you're wide open and I look stupid. Like, this shit is crazy. Yeah, you you taught that in football, you know, off top that you got to initiate that because it's ha- it happens every single play. Um, the only time that I really see them calling offensive pass interference is on pick and rub routes, you know, where you're actually setting a pick for a guy to get open. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if anything, <laughs> I mean, who was the receiver on this play? Juju. Okay, so you got this kid covering this dude single coverage. Game on the line. Bradbury? Yeah. I mean, I I don't like the defense that was called. But Bradbury, but Bradbury can cover Juju. Juju been washed all year. Juju's just a TikTok dancer. He just got, he got good footwork because he danced. <laughs> he got smoked, though. Bradbury got smoked, and, and that's, that's what it was. But, again, is it really the ref fault? <laughs> The Eagles, y'all, y'all were killing them all first. It should, yeah, there. it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been close enough. VP always says it like, don't, don't let the game get to a point where a play can make the difference, where the rest can change it. And exactly. I agree there. I agree there. But like, shit, you you get it two weeks in a row. Like the first, the first one, questionable. I mean, you got to call it. You, you you know, I guess right. You, I guess you got to call it. You know, when you're talking momentum, and I guess from a from a referee standpoint or an official standpoint, they've never played the game. You know what I'm saying? It's like a casual it's like a casual casual fan that watches and they'll be like, and I said this probably a few months back, we'd be over here like, yo, this dude is trash. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And the casual fan, and the casual fan can't fucking hold a lighter to them, right? Um, we're also not getting paid millions, but, but still like I watch LeBron and I'm like, yo, this dude is 38 years old running up and down the court. And most 30, 32 year old men in America can't do that because they going to fucking pass out. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, whatever. Um, just the way our society is saying, but, um, we watch it and we're like, yo, these dudes are not good. These dudes are trash or whatever. I feel like the referees watch this shit. And they're like, well, he should have been able to pull up. <laughs> There's no way you're going to pull up if you're running top speed at somebody. They just happen to get to the sideline, and now you're supposed to just stop? You just throw the e-brake on? It's not possible with that Patrick Mahomes play. It's not possible. You know what I'm I saying? Think, I think part of the issue, and I don't I don't think this will necessarily 100% fix the issue, but I think it'll help a lot, is I think the NFL needs to get full-time refs. And part of the problem is that the refs have the the, the refereeing is a second job for them, you know, and and, and the NFL needs to because I think referees get paid like 160 grand a year. And I mean, that's a lot of money to like us, you know, but you have some of these guys who are like lawyers, you know, they're already making six figures and they're doing the NFL thing like just as a a side hustle, you know, 
they they're they're fans of the game, so they you know signed up and became a ref or whatever. You know, some of them might be school teachers and and shit like that. But some of these dudes have high power jobs. You know what I mean? And so I think the NFL needs to raise the pay. You know, make it something like very competitive to what some of these people do in in the in their in their professional life. You know, maybe make it you know 300, 350, something like that or whatever. And then have some kind of pay scale based on how many years you've been doing it or whatever. And then allow these dudes to have basically off-season training because they don't have other jobs. All they're doing is officiating and they're watching film and all this kind of shit like that or whatever. And I, and I think that that would drastically help improve the refereeing in the NFL. I don't think the NFL has a referee problem to me. I think of all of the pro major sports, they have one of the toughest jobs. And I think they do the best they can. I don't think people realize when you got 11 dudes and you have an umpire that's in the trenches that's seeing the same shit the linebacker's seeing and as fast as these guys are and as big as these guys are, it's very hard to to be watching everything and to do what they do. Um, but again, in, in those plays, the dude was on an island. You know what I mean? So if he doesn't call that, it's easy for an Eagles side to say, oh, you got to let that go. But if I'm Kansas City, motherfucker was holding me. Like, like, what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? So it's just, again, and like in the rough in the passer situations, like I said, John Franklin Myers costed us two games this year. And one, like last year, not pulling up on Joe Burrow. I know guys are bigger, stronger, faster probably than it was for me 15 years ago. But when you're pursuing the quarterback and you just know what time it is, and the sideline is there, at some point in your mind, you have to know what you're doing. You have to be a smart athlete to say, you know what, I'm not going to rock this guy. Let me put a hand on him. I got the sideline as an extra defender. Unless you're talking about Josh Allen, who is 250, 6'5", you know he's coming at you. Yeah, you got to smack that motherfucker when he's a runner. But in certain instances, and you see him uh, pulling up or something's going on, you got to be a smart football player. Like, And I'm not saying specifically on this play, but things that I've seen throughout the course of the season, it's just like dudes just get caught up and they go in for the kill shot. And it's like, act like you've been here before. You know what I mean? There, so, there are some, there are some plays like that, but there's also like, think about the, the Cowboys San Fran play, right? Um, George Kittle's bobbling the ball, bobbling, bobbling, bobbling. If he gets blown up, they throw a flag. They throw a flag, Right. You can't win there, but instead he's got, you know, he keeps control. He get he gets the, you know, the green light from the rules to be able to try and keep focus, not have to worry about getting hit. You know what I mean? And make the catch. And now he looks like the all crazy superstar and the defense looks like shit when realistically and the same thing for quarterback. So I'm getting to the point where you said, oh, these guys, they know they're going to the sideline. They do. But these guys, especially like Mahomes, who always goes to the sideline. And then sneaks out three, four more yards. Mm-hmm. There's they a difference there. Issue. Yeah, there's a difference there, man. And you gotta like, from a referee standpoint, you do have to make those plays, but you have to also like, you can't just go off an of instinct at times and be like, "Well, that's a flag." How many times do we see quarterbacks close to the sideline and the defender just pushes them, right, and they get a flag? And their foot hasn't been out of bounds yet, but they're close enough. So the ref is like, well, we got to protect this guy. Well, if I don't push him, then he gets three or four more yards. That makes the field goal easier. That gives him the first down, whatever the, you know, whatever the the outcome is. 
Like, I just feel like they got to do they got to do a better job. You got to protect these guys. But at the same time, you can't just penalize, you know, the other side of the ball for everything they do on defense. Right. Because it, it almost seems like they, they call the they call the game to the letter of the law in only in certain scenarios. You know what I mean? Like like uh, um, like this is going to be an extreme example or whatever. But like if you talk about like players on the field with no helmet or whatever, right, they'll call that at the end of the game. The clock's still running. Somebody's taking a knee. Everybody's on the field with no helmets. The, the clock is still running. There's no flags there. You know what I mean? And again, the example of extreme. Another example is the inconsistency, right? So you look at the play where where Tua gets hurt in the in the Cincinnati game, where when he had when he had to get taken off on the stretcher. The next week, Joe Burrow got hit the exact same way. They called roughing the pass on that. They didn't call roughing the pass on that on that on that uh on that tour a hit that allowed him that made him have to leave on a stretcher no call the very next week they called that or whatever you know and it's i'm not just saying that as a dolphins fan i'm just saying that that's that's just an example of it but the the, the officiating in the nfl is too inconsistent I, I get that it's hard these guys are huge they're fast etc cetera, etc cetera. but the refereeing is also bad yeah i think a lot of it too is um is per- is perception right so I may perceive a specific play one way, you perceive it a specific way, EJ, and we're, all three of us are officiating different games that week, and you could see the same play or a similar play in three different games called three different ways. And to your point, Vari, if you got these guys who this is your profession now, in the offseason, we're talking about, all right, let's watch these tapes. Let's watch these tapes. Let's compare these five games. We had these five games in eight, you know, in five different weeks where there was, you know, different calls. What was the right call? And we need to dial this in as a league to make sure that it's right. Otherwise, you're going to continue to get these dumbass people that are out here, these conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, it's scripted. There's a script. Yeah. Look, for the, look for the NFL. I, like, <laughs> I had I had to go back and watch the play. And again, that motherfucker was stupid. The Patrick Mahomes, the, the, the Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City uh, rough and passer, this motherfucker Mahomes foot was literally out of bounds by the time this nigga touched him like he literally had nowhere else to go and he still you know what i'm saying at that point you were beat and then you caught up and decided to push him again they're gonna give it to patrick mahomes every time you gotta know the league you gotta know the temperature you gotta know what you're in like you just have to like it just to me it it, it was it was too obvious do you call it Maybe maybe they could have held it, maybe not. But well, they just, should call it. But I think the point is they need to call it every time. Know, like don't just talk, don't call we, it for don't call it for Patrick Mahomes and then not call it for fucking okay. Lamar right. Jackson because he's a big black guy that runs a lot. Like yeah, you know what I'm I saying. But he also he also makes himself an active runner. But we're we're talking about these moments and we're then glazing around the whole league. Like prime example last year. I don't know if it was the Dolphins we were playing. But I can't remember who it was. But Zach Wilson, he runs like a seventy-yard touchdown, faking as if he was gonna get, he was gonna give himself up and go out of bounds, and he doesn't. Oh, I remember that. The defender's problem there again. You didn't make sure when he was in the field of play that you could have did it. I mean, it's just certain things. You just got to be a smarter football player. You just have to be. And in that but situation, you, but he, but he but doesn't hold up, and he does go out of bounds. Now you lose fifteen. But you no, but the defender didn't try. That's the problem. He assumed 
that this nigga was going to give himself up. He didn't try to put a hand on him. All he had to do was put a hand on him, guide him out of bounds. That's all he had to do. But he right. gave up the play. But because because what's happening, EJ, is that defenders are adjusting to what is happening with the officiating, right? We I saw the same thing this year with the Dolphins. Jalen Phillips, he um um uh the Buffalo guy, uh Josh Allen. He basically had Josh Allen, right? And he uh I don't know how many series earlier he had Josh Allen, he wrapped him and he spun him around and like threw him to the ground. They call roughing the passer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, a that's series, definitely a couple yes. series later. The same thing happens. Jalen Phillips gets back there. He he wraps him, and instead of spinning him around all the way, he does like kind of like a half spin and then like lets him go because he's like, I don't want to force him, you know, forcefully throw him. And, and they let the play continue. go to the ground, and right. then he takes off and runs for like 20 yards. No, I, I get Phillips, it. Like a dumbass, you know. And then and then here's this is the crazy part about it, right? Because something I didn't know until that play was that uh uh players get fined fifteen thousand dollars for roughing the passer, right? Mm. So Jalen Phillips in the post game was like, It's crazy that I'm gonna get fined for that. Like, that's not rough. That's that's, that's he was like, I don't want to say too much because they're already gonna is, find me 15 grand. I don't, don't want to make it more. And the NFL didn't find him because here's even the they looked at him and was like, That's some bullshit. Here's the thing: the refereeing is not bad. These guys are told in the beginning of the season, this is how we're going to want you to officiate quarterbacks. We've known this, and everybody, you want to be mad at it? Blame fucking Tom Brady. It has been this way since Tom Brady. Tom Tom Brady literally changed the way the game is called for quarterbacks. Literally. Ever since that ever since that AFC championship game, where with a tuck rule, then uh, no, nah, you can't take him out at the knees. When Tom got hurt that year, everything has been changed by superstars. It's a superstar-driven way of officiating, and it's it's we can't have it both ways in the sense that we love to see these guys go and throw 5,000 yards and all this offense, but if a motherfucker takes them out, we're going to be mad as shit, and that's just – it's it's sad. And, and like, I remember when I played, and to the, to the point you were talking about with Kittle, Steve – Back in my day, you literally were taught to launch yourself and kill that man. Literally. You know what I'm saying? But it's just when we're talking about the CTE, the game, protect the players, all this shit. It's it's just the way the I just, world's going. I don't I don't like the defense. I like the defenseless player rule. I just don't like it once the ball touches. Like if the ball touches my hand, at that point, you should be open. You should, you should be open them. game. He should but we've them. seen we've seen dudes catch the ball and they call that that penalty because they get killed from the offside. You're like, like, that's just so you're basically saying I need to let him catch it. Let him come down. Make sure he turns yeah. and looks and sees me coming so he can brace for it before I can hit him. Like the, that the play, NFL that play you talking about. I felt like control. he just I just felt like that defender was just caught in the moment because he still could have tackled him. It doesn't mean you got to launch and 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 hit him in the head or give you know, what I mean tackle that motherfucker he touched the ball or go for the ball like certain things is just I, I get it man it's certain that's why that's why the guys that are elite and they're great they're elite and they're great because they make those plays in those moments and they react the way that they're supposed to that the minka fitzpatrick's the the uh the guy the xavian howards these guys they know what they're doing and sometimes it's just those moments it's just those moments how did you guys feel about the halftime show oh, i loved it 
I, I, loved, I it. loved it too. I, I didn't like I didn't think it was the greatest, but it wasn't bad either. But uh you know, it was it was good. I love that she was suspended <laughs> fucking 200 feet in the air and didn't like she acted like it was nothing. Like, yo, <laughs> yo she's different, yo. Rihanna is different, yo. She's huh? Bayesian. They had the safeties on. They had the um she's Bayesian. What safeties? She you, you I saw they show one of the angles where you can actually see it. I don't know she, if I she had a fishing so line. Weird. Yeah, he, no, she uh-huh. had she was wearing a um she was wearing some kind of harness that was like under that coat, and uh, then that harness was tied to two um there was like a like some bolts on the on the floor or whatever. Yeah. So like if she had fell off, they would have like held her up basically. Oh yeah, yeah. I would ex- I would expect she, that from any any fucking performer. You know, and then, and the first time the first the very first time she went up, if you go back and watch it, the um the first time she or I don't know if it was when she was coming back. I think she came out of the air, if I if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of the first times she was up up in the air, she's actually connected to a um to like a pole. Or something like some kind of rod that she's yeah, she connected was. to. Or hey, whatever. So, you know. hey, Vari, I know that you're a Marine and you probably jumped out of helicopters, all type of other shit. But listen, buddy. Air Force. I, I don't give I don't know. I'm saying they jump out of helicopters in the Marines. Blackhawks. Yeah, they, 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 they do it. Because <laughs> Vari was like, I'm from Miami, nigga. I don't do that. <laughs> but listen, I don't give a fuck what she had on her. Okay. I'm not getting in. I'm 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 fucking with we're not all no platform. Old as, yeah, listen, we all old as shit now. And the way I feel about roller coasters now versus 15, nigga it ain't the same. <laughs> nigga, I'm not going up there. Fuck that. That shit, she she different, man. She different in front of you know, the stage is huge um that you're on. The people that you, there's a, so many people watching, like yeah, she, she, you know, for her to get up there and do that was was amazing. On on yeah. top of the fact that, you know, she was pregnant, right? Which was um, crazy how she broke the internet with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fact that anyone even questioned, like, is she pregnant? Like, no, yeah. is she she just out of shape. She didn't prep for this. No, like, what the fuck's wrong with y'all? Humans are crazy, yo. Um, that's that's, that's but, early. You could tell, you could tell, and she made it even more visible by wearing the bulletproof um titty cover, whatever you know. Her top was you know plastic, like hard plastic, so that was highlighting the stomach even more. But um, you know, I I thought it was pretty good. I thought she I thought she did good. Um, it's it was in true Rihanna form. It wasn't a lot of like you know dancing and theatrics and shit. It was yo, I'm here. This is me. You know what I got. You know what I am. This is, you know, my performance. And um, I like that she did a bunch of shit that was produced and and by Kanye. Like she didn't she didn't hold back. I love that part. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing for me about the music that got me was like, I've heard all of those joints, but like hearing them in, you know, back to back to back. Like EJ posting chat, like, yo, we really got some joints. And I'm like, I'm saying the same thing, like watching because. You don't like. I'm not a Rihanna fan like that. Like if her if her stuff comes on the radio, I listen to it. I got some of her stuff like on my playlist, but mm-hmm. when I listen to playlists, they're they're shuffled, so it's not like I'm hearing them, you know, back to back to back or whatever, you know. So hearing them in that setting where it's just like 30 minutes of just, you know, all of these joints, fire, yeah, yeah. it's like it's, for me, I it's like I almost kind of forgot that she had that many joints, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think people forget how long she's been around. Like yeah. she's been around, yeah. she's been around for a minute. 
and you know, just Maybe because she, years, just because she takes some time off, like he, you know, here and there, and even more so now that she has Fenty and all that popping. Um, I think people forget how long she's been around, the hits that she's had, and the people that she's been associated with. Like she's been associated with Jay Z, she's been associated with Khaled, she's been associated with Kanye. Like it's it's Rihanna. Like Riri is Riri. Like she's and and you know she's always been in Baby Shadow. We talked about I think last episode, little Baby Shadow of, of Beyonce a little bit because she's associated with Jay Z and Rockefeller and all of them. Like she's the she's the Kim of Faith or the Faith of Kim or however you want to look at it. You know. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, she had some she had some shit. Um, and it's apparent that ASAP is a stay at home dad, <laughs> and I'm not even <laughs> mad at him. I'm not even <laughs> mad at him, yo. Yeah, not even the least bit, yo. A lot of the woke community is uh kind of upset about the Vogue cover, and kind of uh saying like it emasculates the family father dynamic kind of thing. I don't We're know. changing, man. We're changing. Life is changing, and and Whoa. you know, society is changing. Well, she's basically. I, when I looked at it, EJ, I was like, "What wouldn't wouldn't be me?" Uh, y'all talk. Yeah. I'll find it. Nah, yeah, I, I ain't gonna hold you. It's it's basically. I mean, what I'm trying to Google it. That's why I'm asking. Oh yeah, it's it's a Vogue cover with Rihanna. Just on look it for the Rihanna. Just Google Rihanna Vogue cover. Yeah, with their baby and ASAP is basically like walking behind her, trailing behind her. Um. I don't know. It, oh, I see it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I don't mean, know. listen. Is the emasculating from the fact that he's just looking like a loving father walking behind her? Or is the emasculating piece people talking about the fact that he has on bell bottoms and <laughs> leather, like weird looking shoes and shit like that? Like, like from what I see from this and I'm looking at just the body language, he's being a supportive father and allowing her to have a career. And that's that's what people that's what they want people to see in America these this day, these days. Right. In general, um, mm-hmm. every chance you get, every chance anyone gets, they are going to highlight that females are can be powerful right they're going to because it's true it's a true fact and we all agree there and all of that there's nothing wrong with it but they're going to highlight it and make sure you absolutely know that this is taking place Mm. yeah i mean i don't know i mean i I just i I just pulled up the first time i'm seeing it now that we're talking about it um, i pulled it up and took a look i mean one you know i think that people you know, saying he's emasculated is, you know, I, I think, you know, it's not the 50s, no, but it's not the 1950s. Like, we have to get get out of this, like, gender dynamic shit where it's like, oh, well, the woman can't be in the front or whatever, you know? Like, if, if we go based off of those 1950 dynamics, right, the guy was the front because he was the head of household. He was the breadwinner. He brought home the bacon. You know what I mean? He paid for everything they had. Wouldn't we say that's Rihanna in this case? I mean, she she's doing over a Billy. You know what I'm saying? So why can't she Let's be see. in the front based on those 1950 dynamics, right? But yeah. two, 
we all know, right? And, and I'm pretty sure a lot of the people who are talking shit about the photo also knows that when they do these photos, they probably took 2,000 images. And this is just the one they chose. Now, did they choose it for a specific reason? Sure, right? But at the end of the day, they took a lot of pictures and they chose this one to be on on the on the cover or, or wherever it, wherever it was featured at and on the cover on the inside. I don't know, but you know it's, it's I, I don't even I, I think it's nothing to see here in my opinion. Yeah, I mean you know yeah, yeah. listen, the catch like in relationship Rihanna is the catch. Um, you know she is the successful one. She's the breadwinner to VP's point. She's she's a baddie. Um, and I think that's what that's what the picture is saying um the emasculating it's just it's just another word that you know uh, and I, I hate to say it but our culture we latch on to these words right we hear it and we have to right so respectfully was one of them right you see respectfully all over the place to the point where when i see it in email signatures now you're a hood rat to me <laughs> like <laughs> don't don't put respectfully in your signature to me like oh, don't man. ever send respectfully because you're not fucking justin leboy like this is not the world that that we live in in a professional space you know what i'm saying um and the same thing here right emasculate is now the keyword we went through salacious was one of the keywords for a little bit there for our culture it's what people see on black twitter it's what people hear on clubhouse and they feel like yo this is the word of the minute and so anytime i see it you know can i bring this up can I go viral because I said, you know, that ASAP is being uh, emasculated in this in this picture. And they did the same thing. And we'll get to it. They did the same thing with Jonathan Majors on the cover that he's in for Ebony. And I don't know if you guys saw that, but I will look for it and I'll, I'll get yeah, that I posted it. It's in the chat up for you to see as well. Um, and, and, but and yeah, on, on that, real quick, Steve, before you go to Jonathan Majors, it's like, let's say, for example, that that uh, um, ASAP. Or not just him, but maybe they decided together. Maybe he decided on his own. I don't know that he's gonna play that role as like a homemaker. You know what I'm saying? You have this. You have this kid now. It's gonna be two kids soon that have two parents that are famous. Yes, there's, there's levels to it, right? But you know, you have two two parents that are famous. One is basically a, a part time musician and the full time CEO. You know what I mean? And Maybe he's decided that, you know what, my kid needs a full time parent figure. I don't want them raised by a nanny. So I'm going to step back in the shit that I'm doing because my girl got us. So we're good. You know what I mean? And I'm going to make sure that my kid is grounded and I can teach him about, you know, X, Y, and Z growing up. This is, you know, it, it make sure he has like a real life, you know, a, a, a parent around when mom's not there. And that kind of, you know what I'm saying? So like it, it just goes back to, the whole thing when we talk about social issues and I always come back and land here is that why does anybody care? Why is it in your fucking business? Like these two people are in a relationship. They're raising this child the best way that they see fit. So as long as they're not abusing the child, shut the fuck up and mind your business. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, I'm going to start with this. I don't, I don't necessarily, um, drive to the left or the right about the cover specifically but emasculation um of the black man you know is is factually a real thing in imagery and in in context in a lot of different ways right um 
But to VP's point, it's kind of like a double standard in some ways. It's like ASAP is is doing exactly what we as the people say on one hand we want, but then you see people clowning him for being that guy, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like you can't win. It's like, you know, it's almost like how they treat Russell Wilson, like, oh, you know, they dog future, but then they like, oh, he's a cornball. And then they like, oh, you know, future's got all these baby mamas. But, you know, it just, we as a people, we just can't figure out what the fuck we want. You know, we want to be, we want to be positive on one end, and then we want to be this on the other end. Like UVP, I mean, I agree. You know, why do we care? But, um, yeah, it's just, I think it's always just a double standard. Um, when you're talking about society and and the culture, right, and people, what they think and what they see, but he Ace had Rocky's Dan if he do, Dan if he don't, because if he's not the supportive father, they're gonna kill him. Uh, damn, how this nigga get Riri? Like maybe maybe he's killing it. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Chris Brown fucked it up. Uh, Drake fucked up. So maybe he's that guy. You know what I mean? I don't know. Um, but either way, he would get killed. Either side of the coin. So. Yeah, when I see that when I see that picture, I see a strong black woman, a baby, and Rihanna. Like it's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> wow. You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the Jonathan Majors, uh Jonathan Majors <clears throat> doing. What do you what did you think about that, Steve? I, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Um I think, uh, you know, people said the same thing, right? Um, But you think about, think about Prince, right? Like Prince would have done that, that shot, that shoot. He would have done shoots even worse than that. And not worse, but even more uh, uh, off brand (laughs) than that. Uh, And people would have been like, okay, whatever it is, what it is. Jonathan Majors is about to be on top of the world. This dude is, I know HBO was kicking themselves, dog, for canceling, uh, what was the show? Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft. I know they're kicking themselves. This dude is about to be the face of Marvel. If you guys, when you guys watch this movie and then watch the post scene, uh, scenes, the post credit scenes, he is going to be the face of Marvel for coming years Years upon years upon years, he's going to be what they were hoping, you know, from from a black uh, actor standpoint. Um, uh, black Panther, uh, Chadwick. Chadwick, Chadwick was going to be like this guy is about to and he's taking the world by storm. And not only is he in that, what's the other movie he's got coming out? Creed three. He's got Creed three. Devotion that, uh, just is right. out now. Yeah, this yeah, dude is he's taking he's taking the world by storm and um. You know, there's a lot more to it, but you know, yeah, I, I'm I I'll, I'll pull up the 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 Var. You saw the yeah, I saw the, it. the cover. Okay, yeah, and 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 where you went is exactly where I was gonna go with that. Is that you know what he's wearing in that um, photo? We've seen Prince wear shit like that. We see Michael Jackson wear shit like that. You know, and I'm and and you know uh, um. Um, taken away from black men, Steven Tyler still dresses like that. You know what I mean? And and so, like in my mind, it's it's nothing to see here. Like one, I, isn't I don't believe that that's his normal style of dress or whatever. But you know, they go to these photo shoots and they have 
the the photographer, they have the the fashion people, and they say, okay, we're gonna do some shots in this. Okay, we're gonna do okay. Try do turn your head like this. Do that. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, wear it like this. Do you know? They take a bunch of shots and they pick the ones they think is the best or whatever you know. And for them, I would say they pick the one that's the best because why? We're talking about it. You know what I mean? If it was some boring ass photo that nobody cared about, it you know, but oh, he was on the cover of uh, uh, Ebony or whatever it was, and you know, you keep it moving. You know what I mean? That that shit came out over a week ago and it's still being talked about. You know, and 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 so I think that we just have to stop with 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 you know, um, it's like we try to make everything into like this almost like political social issue. He's a guy. He's wearing pink. And he's sitting on the couch we're like, well, what is that saying? What about the children? You know, da, da, da. it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, everything don't have to go that deep. You know what I mean? It's a photograph. Who gives a shit? I'm a, I'm a go to the edge of conspiracy and say, you know, the photo is feminine to a degree. Um, you can, you can perceive it that way. Uh, Prince was super feminine and super wild. Prince got probably one of the biggest passes from. <laughs> community than anyone probably ever would be um i don't know if there's some hidden agenda behind this post to try to emasculate this man i don't know but i can say that imagery and perception is a real thing and you know these people when they do have these social uh think tanks and they they put these things together they do think about this shit so i mean i'm not going to dispel completely the idea that none of this has something behind it um but you know again that's why we always kind of said it's 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 purposeful for you to be in the community and be where you are to impress upon people um what they you know not necessarily what you want but you know having people to have a choice having the kids to have a choice of of being who they want to be and i mean just because this guy has his photo doesn't mean anything for many other people. You know what I'm is saying? It, it doesn't... Is it less feminine if it look, if they had used this one? Oh, this is the one I was looking at. Is there a different photo? Yeah, it's a different yeah, one. Yeah, this one's, this one's from inside. I would say... I, I, I thought that was the photo. That's the only one I've I would ever say seen. he's sitting in a less feminine posture than the other one. He's but, definitely... I mean, again, everything is perception, you know? So once you, once you get into... Is it the one um, with... Uh, like with the roses? No, no, no. It's the same. It's the same outfit that he has on. Just it's just how posture. he's sitting. Uh, um, different posture, and and it's it's perception. But as you get into it, then you get like this is one of the images in there, right? So to to EJ's point, there could be some perception to this, right? And I guess it just depends on how you look at stuff, right? We're getting we're in this world now where they're trying they're pushing these agendas uh directly and subliminal subliminally mm-hmm. pink does not mean girl and blue does yeah. not mean boy and we have to and, and but we have to spotlight that and so let's uh let's make him this right let's do this and let's force this agenda um on people quote unquote sublim- subliminally um but then also the 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 gender norms and you know don't say boy don't say girl and all of this but do we now start teaching kids that they don't have a mom and dad they just have people <laughs> you just have people parents 
What's a mom? <laughs> What's the definition of mom? What's the definition of father? You know what I'm saying? Like this is this. It just at what point does are we have we reached the 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 finish line? You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what people are trying to get to, but they're using emasculate because it's a hot word to use. Yeah, I mean, like I don't like to me. You know, the shit's just the color. Or I get it. Like people, we like we've used these colors. I don't care about like, the color. I wear pink. No, I know that. But I'm just saying, like we've used it to say, like, oh, you know, blue means to having a boy. Pink means to having a girl. Like it, like gender reveals and and that kind of thing. Like, oh, you know, you, if you have a nursery, it has to be these colors if it's going to be a girl and these colors for a boy. And and if if you don't want to know the sex until the kid is born, you can make it like a this kind of color so it's neutral. You know, like and I, that that's you know that that's like pre. 2010 thinking like people don't think like that anymore like you know i used to i had a fucking pink polo shirt i used to rock that shit all the time i love that fucking shirt you know i wear that <laughs> golden girl shirt on the podcast all the time it's pink i don't give a shit you know i wear whatever the fuck i want to wear or whatever one day i went to work when i still used to work in the office and i had my pink polo shirt on and i remember this um i was in a little break area and this older black woman asked me if i didn't feel uncomfortable wearing that shirt and i said i had somebody do the same thing to why? me like why would i feel uncomfortable like i obviously mm. put the motherfucker on like well you know what I'm saying? Well, so, pink like, usually what? pink usually sticks out well from brown people's skin tone as well so mm. i mean i just feel like this is a nice That's color you know like I, yeah you know this, this shit looked good so i wore it you know like it's not to me it's not that big of a deal but people try to take any little thing and make it I'll give you one, and y'all probably heard this before, right? I remember when I was a kid, somebody told me I had to wear my watch on my left hand because oh, yeah. women wore their watch on the right hand, on the right arm. And if you wear it on your right arm, that means you might be gay. And it's like, the fuck yeah, are we talking about, dude? That's the earrings, earring, earring. <laughs> well, the earring in the right ear was right. gay, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so it's just like those Hair kind bar. of things. That that's the one. Oh, I did see that one. I did see that one. Yeah. Okay. It's a little. Uh, I get, all right. I get it. I see where you're saying, EJ. <laughs> I see a little bit. It's spicy. <laughs> it's spicy. That's like Dijon. That's not yellow mustard. That's Dijon. They put on that motherfucker. He's spicy. Uh, I hopefully they were just trying to be like, yo, it's Valentine's. It's the February edition. Let's you know, cause that's just spicy. <laughs> yeah, he's spicy. You know, but it's like like we have to get past those kind. You know, if you if you think about like culture and in in history and things like that, you've had Scottish men wearing fucking skirts for a thousand years. You know, they, they call are, them kilts, those are kilts, kilts or whatever. They're skirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nobody bats an eye at that shit. And then people who are of Scottish heritage, right? They still wear those shits till today. The fucking, I think Juju wore one to the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Or to the or to the championship game. I, I don't wore remember. Skirt. Huh? <laughs> he wore a skirt. Um, you have you have uh uh, uh people who oh, are in, the, in the Muslim community who wear those long fucking robes or whatever. You know, nobody bats an eye at that. They've been wearing those shits for you know thousands of years. You know, like we have to get over that kind of shit, man. I think people just try to look at anything and say, how can I make this some kind of social hot button issue you know they do they do um it's but it's people that again society is changing and the acceptance of um of what the 
spotlight of the black community is going to be today, right, is Jonathan Majors. And people, or Ebony rather, decides, let's put this guy on the cover, spicy as shit, legs crossed, puckered up, pink floral uh, jeans. Like, that's probably why people are like, come on. Once you get into the inside and you look at the pictures, like, this dude, it's a normal shoot. Like, he's, you know, brolic as fuck, nigga, big as shit. You know, um, someone need to do something with his hairline, you know, because he's, he's, he's still, like, everywhere I see him, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. Just an edge. Or something, man. Right, just the edge, my dude. Or put a hat on. Put a hat on. When I don't got an edge, I put a hat on. Like Get him a, get him a Dominican barrio. They Yo, yeah, they well, said he puts on the, they said he puts on the he got the Nat Turner sexy look. That's what they call. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what though, like even for me, like looking at that right as a person who's like, yo, I don't have no problem with none of the shit I saw, or whatever, right? I didn't even connect the Valentine's Day thing with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so that's that could be the you know, huh? That's just me because I'm progressive. I'm like you. <laughs> you know, but like that could be the whole thing is like yo this this is gonna be our february issue is coming out around valentine's day so that's why everything in this is pink the roses you know all this kind of stuff like you know like people just they're, they're making too but, but, big a deal out of this i'm shit. i'm gonna I'm say again I, i'm i'm with a lot of you and i'm largely with you but we do know from research and and even vogue Vogue creators have said in videos over the years that they, you know, everything they do is intentionally to deliver messages. They sell magazines and they sell something. They they try to sell a mind thought, um, especially when they were talking about what they said to women and how the feminist movement, they tried to bolster it by basically telling, you know, women, hey, I can be independent. Y'all don't need no guys. Like there have been executives that have come out to say that their messages have you know, had agendas to do that. And I mean, I'm not saying that they're still doing that and that that's the mission here. But again, I'm I'm not going to say that just because there's smoke, there might not just because there's fire, there might not be no smoke. You know, I'm just saying, I think I think also, you know, I think Ebony also Ebony might have an analogy a little bit, but I got you. Yeah, Ebony, Ebony probably was getting at the fact that he was also um, in the news, like like uh, Vari said or EJ, one of you guys said, you know, um, they're trying to get people to talk about it. He was in the news for being voted one of the sexiest men alive. So they probably were trying to, you know, take that. And, it, you know, it's every, today, whatever it takes to go viral, you know, these people that and, and sell magazines and sell articles. Um, it, that last image is spicy. The shit's spicy. Um, and, let me, and let me say something on that real quick, yo. It's okay to be spicy. It's been, <laughs> it's been. I would say, Prince wore assless. I, I, might be, I might be off by. I might be off by a year or two, but it's been roughly about twenty years that I've been fucking um, sending my submission for that sexiest man alive. I never hear back. You know, don't, don't you worry. I don't even get a re regret to inform you. <laughs> Listen, persistence is key. VP, don't stop. I had to mute this motherfucker. (laughs) Right. You know, they say the recruiters are always looking at the resumes, even if you don't get an email back. Just keep going. (laughs) One day you'll get something. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, But but Jonathan Majors, I mean, 
fast forward, right? Or let's get past the people people aspect of it. Um, and and the um, ebony. This guy, how did this happen? Like, how did this guy go from Lovecraft? Do you guys feel like he was that good in Lovecraft Country? Because I, I had you heard of him before that is also yeah, another thing he that had, I'm worried he about. He had other stuff before that. Um, yeah, and, and these guys, before. yeah, these guys have, you know, when they, these guys, and when you're black and, talented. you know, and you're hot and you're talented, you know, you're hot, like you're getting the steam, you're getting uh, momentum going. You know these things are just gonna start to come. EJ just... had to correct that. He didn't want. <laughs> he didn't want to be on the internet saying Jonathan Majors is hot. <laughs> I mean, you know, you you gonna get that momentum, and and it's just like you know how it is. Hollywood, like they say, Hollywood just uh, uses the same five black people. But I mean, he had the movie uh, The Last uh, Black Man in San Francisco. That was that got a lot of um, uh, accolades, and he had the Five Bloods uh, movie got a lot of accolades so he, he's been around i mean it was it was a matter of time just finding finding that moment you know yeah i i, I definitely um i think ej's right man like you know it's I, I said this a couple of pods ago um where it's like when when they're white actors right there's space for you know uh, uh george clooney and brad pitt and tom cruise and you know 500 other white actors that are considered like A-list, you know, box office, bankable, you know, guys, you're going to pay $20 million to show up in your film, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there are, there's space for Julia Roberts and, and, you know, uh, Heather Mirren and, and, you know, all these other white women actresses who are considered bankable box office, A-list, you know, you love to have a mini film that you're going to make. Right. But when, when you're a black actor or actress, there's only space for a few of them, right? There, you can you can have a Denzel, and you can have Will Smith, and then you can have Chadwick, and then everybody else. You know, they're gonna get these little small roles that you don't really care about. Now we we lost Chadwick. They're trying to get rid of Will Smith, so it's, it's almost like yo, we got to promote somebody. Yeah, you know I mean, and we didn't talk about it when we talked about Super Bowl, but you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, hey, you need another black coach. You know, it's hired. D'Amico Ryan in, in Houston, you know, and 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 now, you know, we got two black coaches, so it's all good now. You know what I mean? And I feel like it, acting is almost the same way. It's like, you know, we got Viola, Viola Davis and we got, you know, uh, 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 Halle Berry. And then that's it. They're, they're, it's, all, it's almost like Highlander where they only, they're, there can only be one, you know, and, and once one of them falls off or maybe Viola reaches that age where she gets in like the like the like the sense the Cicely Tyson grandmother kind of roles, you know, she moves into there and then we'll bump up, you know, Lupita or somebody like that, you know. And, mm, and it seems I'll like it's that way with, with black actors and actresses. We lost we lost Chadwick, so they had to they had to fill that void. Um, you know, um this guy, the one thing I do like about uh, about it is um Jonathan Majors, he got all the black features ain't no question you know what i'm saying like he got the the stereotypical black features like full lips big nose like he's he's us he's black black he blackity black (laughs) you know what i'm saying uh huh i think he's tall as shit too and he's tall he's tall um 
I, I like I like it a lot. I like seeing it. Um, and and um, he's like I said, I didn't know about any of the stuff before. I got him pulled up, so um, I won't go too far back. But 2017, when we rise, I remember that TV series, but I didn't watch it. Um, Hostels didn't see him in that. White boy Rick don't remember him from that. Probably a very small part. Out of the blue, never heard of it. Last black man, in San Francisco. Again, like EJ said, I never no, heard that, of it. No, that that one was a. That one was with uh, Danny. Um, damn, can't think of his name. Um, that played Predators Two, um, um, Lethal Weapon. Dan, uh, what's the black guy's name again? I can't remember. Danny. Shit, why? I'm drawing a blank. You remember in Lethal Weapon, the black guy in Lethal Weapon? Oh, Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Danny Glover. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Glover was in that, and that one was that got a lot of accolades. A lot of people felt like it should have won a lot of awards. That was really his breakout. I want to see it. I know I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, I gotta find I gotta find out where it's at because Mike Epps was in it too, apparently. Um, Mm -hmm. but then he had the five bloods. I also didn't see that, but I would love to watch it. I'm sure it's probably something that I'll be interested in. Good, I liked it. Yeah, that's a Spike League joint. It's on uh, Netflix. Netflix, yep. It was good. Lovecraft, Loki, he was in the harder they fall. I remember him there, right? Now he's getting into his bag, you know, and um shit. Just you know, spoiler alert. But they're starting. They they got an Avengers Kang Dynasty film coming up. Mm-hmm. Like this, he's about to be it for for Marvel. If he can stay up and not get into no trouble, not allow them to do whatever they want to try and do to him, you know, because that is not conspiracy. He is a black man. He is going to be extremely mm-hmm. successful. And like VP said, there's room for Denzel. There's room for you know. Um, Lawrence Fishburne and you know there's you could get five y'all got five right now we we starting to get to six seven eight nine ten and you know they don't always like that um yeah. and so so yeah so if this guy can stay up aside Creed three you, you he is going to be a fucking star a star and I'm sure he'll be wrapped up in the Avengers you know filming a lot of stuff but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of time for him to do other stuff on the side as well. Um, I saw him at the dunk contest last night um, on on the court already. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the these are now you're starting to see him places. Like this guy is about to be he about to be the shit shit. Yeah. Well, him and yeah, Michael and B. He, Jordan are the only are really the only two black young, male actors actors. Yeah, that are young male black male actors and that a list right now basically. What ha- what happened to right. the steam from Maharshala? Uh, I mean, I think it's still there, but I think like to what you alluded to, um, there's a lot of work he's doing right now on the blade stuff. So he mm-hmm. might, he might kind of just be doing his thing with that because I know they're shooting. I, I think they're filming. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he might be really tied up with a lot of blade stuff, a lot of Marvel, um, appearances. So I think he'll be back around. He'll be there. Right. And, and and then even like you you like like to the point that I was making um, that Steve was just alluding to with the whole, you know, there's only room for a certain amount of like top black actors. Right. You know, like two years ago, it was all Daniel Kaluuya. You know what I mean? A mm-hmm. dude from Get Out. Right. Mm-hmm. And and now I mean, I know he still does the key. The, the, He's the, so uh, the stupid. Key so Houston, stupid. But, you know, it's it's like. Okay, they they're done with him. You know, you had a, a what's his name? No, John? he was done with them because he's dumb. This dumb motherfucker turned. Out, he's so stupid. 
All right, go ahead, man. I can't. How you turn down Marvel money? You know what? Go ahead, man. He's it's making me mad thinking about it. But uh, uh, you also had a uh, uh, John uh, Boyaga, Boyega, John Boyega. Uh, the uh, the yeah. guy who's the black dude in starting the new Star Wars joints, right? Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be like that next guy, and you don't really see him in too much shit either, you know. And so I, he's co- he's got some stuff. They cooking, they cooking. I I I think I think you naming a pretty good lineup, man. Because we also got to remember the Denzels. Even Mahershala is, is older actor as well, but the Denzels, the Lawrence. Fishburns, the the Danny Glovers is Danny Glovers pretty much out the way, but them guys getting old. Guys getting old. Yeah, Ain't I jobs. think. I mean, I think Lawrence is definitely getting out the way because, like, I when we did the last time we did Bingeables, I talked about him being in something I watched, uh, which was a Netflix joint, and so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he done. He done for. Uh, he done for. Um. Yeah, man, I look forward to it. Uh, I went and watched Ant-Man last night since we're on Jonathan Majors. And um, I know you guys haven't seen it, but I would suggest you go see it. Uh, I know EJ doesn't plan to see it. I know VP, you'll probably end up going to see it with TJ I'm and see such. It. I'm going to see um, it. I actually was supposed to see it, but I didn't. If nothing else, go see it because it has Jonathan Majors as the, you know, as the villain. Like, it's you know king. what I mean? Like, yeah. Listen, man. It's First of all, it's different. I know it's, I know it's definitely gonna. It's definitely a key movie because just knowing what I know is gonna set the whole universe. Because Kang is a very pivotal character in the Marvel yeah. comic world as it is, and it's gonna introduce the Fantastic Four, et cetera, et cetera. So I mean, I definitely know the importance of it. So I'm gonna definitely see it. Yeah, sure. there you can tell this is a lot of introduction to him, who he is, uh, some of what the quantum you know, what the multi-universe, multiverses are and stuff like that. And they're highlighting it. They're highlighting it heavily in this in this film. Um, I thought they did a good job. Another glow up in, is Paul Rudd. Like, I remember this guy from fucking um, old school. And 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 um, I was just like, man, this guy, all right, he's funny. But he just blew up, too. And now, you know, Ant-Man and all of that. Uh, but Ant-Man was good. I think you guys should go see it. It was worth it. It's uh, it's kind of slow. There's not a lot of action until you get pretty far into it. It's a two-hour movie. Um, there's not a lot of action, but you can see where the buildup is. They're trying to get you Kang's story, um, and they're telling it through Michelle Pfeiffer's character, mm-hmm. uh, which is um, I forget, I forget exactly who she is, but she's the mom. She's the wasp. wasp. She's the original wasp. Yeah, um, yeah. and. Listen, Michelle Fiverr's face could still get it <laughs> at 64. Wait till you see it. Look at Barry laughing. Wait till you see it. Agreed. You're be like, Wait, okay. <laughs> All right. But, but Michelle Fiverr was always a baddie. You know what's funny, though, to your point, Steve? Uh, and I think VP talked about this before with uh, with uh, Downey, Robert Downey Jr. You know, how Marvel, Marvel and the impact of Disney just has so much power. Because you look at a guy like Paul Rudd, he's been acting since he was... Uh, you know, a young guy since 95, mm-hmm. you know, in the coolest movie, you know, so he's always had joints. He's had a, he had a good run in the 2000s, 2007s with the romantic comedy, you know, Lane. but you know, now, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, once you get that Marvel flick, man, mm-hmm. that, and to your point with uh, Daniel Kalua, this dude doesn't reprise his role to do the Gone movie with Jordan Peele, which was 
trash trash yeah but i mean i i see i see what what steve is saying about uh kalua but also i mean I, I feel like you also probably have to wonder like you know is he thinking okay i'm this is a supporting role versus uh um a uh uh main role or a main a a uh the, the a character basically you know, leading role is what i'm trying to say yeah. I, I don't care about a leading role for Jordan Peele. <laughs> if I'm talking, I'd rather be a support. I'd rather be a walk-on screen background guy for a Disney Marvel film than the leading role for Jordan Peele. Sorry, no offense, Jordan Peele. I liked, uh, you know, Get Out, but it's Marvel. Yeah, that that going that that's like know, being that's... the president of PTO. Or being the vice president of the United States, Vari, like to put it into your word, your 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 thoughts. But also, you know, you 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 know, again, we don't know what's in his head, right? But he also could be thinking, yo, I I, I bet on this man, he bet on me, and we made magic, you know. So I might maybe owe he was him. thinking he's gonna capture lightning in a bottle again. He might you know? he might feel like he owes him, you know, because he, he definitely did put him out there. But yeah, he, Jordan Peele would have had to figure that schedule out for me. God damn that. Cause right. you don't miss you Sorry. don't miss Black Panther too, bro. You don't you don't miss that. And plus, Gone was trash. I mean, that's the bigger question. I haven't seen it, but I haven't heard anything good about it. That's the bigger question. Is Jordan Peele really a one hit wonder at this point? That's that's the bigger question. And I'm I'm he's scared. crazy. I'm scared. He's, crazy. I hope he's a two he hit wonder because he got Lovecraft. Yeah, Lovecraft. No, too. He didn't do Lovecraft. That's not yeah. Lovecraft's not him. It's not him. Let me Google that. Y'all gonna be mad in a minute. Yeah, it's not him at all. Yeah, Lovecraft's not him. And he may be involved in it, but it's not him. Yeah, it's not a movie, not original done yeah, by him. Based off of, it's based off of a book. Based off a book in the first place, but yeah. From like the 1920s or something like that, I think. Nah, it was more recent than that. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's more recent yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. A white, a white guy wrote it. Mm-hmm. That's why I was I was getting cracked. I was laughing. I remember we talked about it because people was like, "Yeah, you know, story's black." I'm like, "Yeah, this was actually written by a white guy." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. yeah, but uh, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, you, you just never know. Like 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 you just said, he may have felt like he owed him. Who knows? You know, yeah, but uh, I, I still would have been with Kabi. Fuck that. Jordan yeah. Peele was uh, Jordan Peele was one of the executive producers for Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. So I know he didn't write it, but yeah, he played play, play part there. And and when uh, you think about, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. The reason why I say that is that you can buy executive. Like, give me give me an example. You remember Steve Mnuchin? You don't. So I'll just tell you who he is. He was Trump's <laughs> secretary. He's an executive producer on um, Justice League. He basically like he 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 was involved somehow in getting the strip the, the script to somebody. And got himself an executive producer credit. You know what I mean? Like, does this dude know anything about? Like, no, come on. You know what I mean? And I get it. Jordan Peele's different. He's actually a movie film guy or whatever. You know what I mean? But sometimes it could just be he has some kind of involvement where maybe he purchased a script or you know uh, somebody brought it to him. He was gonna try to make it and he decided not to. So then he sold it off to HBO. But because he has some kind of rights to it. They give him an executive producer credit or something like, you know what I mean? So sometimes those executive producer credits is just shit they throw around for like financial reasons. It doesn't necessarily mean the person is involved with uh, with the with the creation of something. 
Jordan Peele is an executive producer, <laughs> so he's a two—he's <laughs> a two-hit wonder. Um, oh, um, this guy. So go see Ant Man, and um, where did we? Where were we going with that? Uh, what were you guys? Maybe here, guys, man, we'll do bingeables. Yeah, what you guys been watching? Well, what about the dunk contest? We'll Since get there. About, okay, we, bingeables. We right. Um, for me, man, I've been yeah, you know, I've been watching a lot of shit, man. Um. I Look at EJ trying to put a white boy ahead of Jonathan Majors. <laughs> you can <even> see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been checking out a bunch of shit, man. I watched. Uh, I've been watching Last of Us. I, I'm loving the series. You know, I, I, it's making me wish I would have played the game. Cause like I told y'all, the game came with my PS4. I just never played it, and uh, um, so it's definitely got me wanting to watch uh, uh, play it. But uh, I'm loving the show so far. They they do a really good job of. Um, of like writing you making you get like emotionally uh uh interest invested in these in characters. character mm-hmm. and it's like yo like when they go man it's it's so tough man um they've done yeah. it three times in in the five episodes that have aired in the first season i'm like yo like y'all can't keep doing this shit to me yo you yeah. know what i mean but um um it's a it's a really good shot i know you still got on the list steve i'm not sure if ej's if you're caught up on it but definitely i'm i'm not all the way caught up i'm the last episode i'm into one of the episodes where you know they um went to kc basically oh so you so the the kc takes place over episode four and episode five so yeah it's only only episode six tonight so you're right there yeah so Um, i just i gotta finish episode five basically then yeah uh also uh checked out that series dead to me um i binged all all three seasons last week um it was, it was, all, right. It was all right it's with uh, uh christina applegate kelly bundy um mm. and uh, uh you know the show is kind of you know it, it's it's not great but it's it's not terrible you know what i mean it's one of those mm. things i feel like it could be like a guilty pleasure you know but uh um so i watched that um and then uh i checked out um the woman king i wa- i just i literally just watched that like before yeah. getting on the pod is that on netflix <laughs> yeah it's, it's on, on netflix, netflix right now. Okay. on netflix right now and uh mm-hmm. it was pretty good i i liked it a lot they they says ba- i have to look it up but they says based off some true events so i'm not sure mm-hmm. like they have some stuff going around the slave trade so i'm not sure if like that's just the true events or like it's this particular tribe like were they like you know real people like you know what i mean so um mm-hmm. it, it was it was pretty good though. i liked it a lot viola did her thing i liked all the the actresses and the ones that got highlighted um they had uh the the lady who plays the marvel who plays rambo and uh uh-huh. marvel, the black yep. the black woman She's in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. um yeah it, it it was it was really good and then i also checked out <laughs> y'all y'all not gonna watch this but i checked out uh that movie with uh colin I think his name's Colin Farrell. Um, the Banshees of Innishire. Hmm. It was one. It's one of those. It's just. It's just all drama. So it's no. Yeah. You know, it's just acting. It's no. You know, action scenes or no fight scenes. No, Steve's out. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, it was. It's actually you know pretty funny. It's basically about um, uh, Colin Farrell and then uh, the guy. I don't know his name, but he plays like one of the professors in Harry Potter. They're like friends, and. The movie starts off where the dude doesn't want to be Colin Farrell's friend anymore, and so like he's like the whole movie trying to figure out like why the dude don't like him no more. <laughs> what? 
and like everybody like, it keeps causing like all this drama because it's like it's supposed to be like back in like the 1800s or something so it's causing like all this drama like in um like around that he living in like the small town in ireland or whatever and, i like those i like those kind of things yeah so it, it's funny like the sister goes to, to the harry potter dude and she's like what's going on with you and in, in, in podrick and he's like what do you mean and she's like she was like, you just can't stop being friends with a fella. <laughs> and he's like, why? And she's like, it's just not nice. <laughs> you know? so, it was funny, but it, it's one of, it's like it's not gonna be for everybody, but I enjoyed it. That's how that's how far we've come as a society. <laughs> that back then people were like, You can't stop being friends today. People stop being friends because Facebook posts and shit. Yeah. Like tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't I haven't watched uh, I mean I have watched some things. Um, I did see the Woman King this morning. Definitely, uh, definitely good film. Um, like you said, VP, the actor that plays my actress that plays Monica Rambo, she's in there. I think she had a hell of a performance. Viola Davis killed it. Um, it, it was cool. Uh, but I've been watching the same old uh, Mayor of Kingstown with Jeremy Renner. Um, that show was kind of wild, but it's starting to piss me off. Um, and what's the other one? Oh, BMF on stars uh that's been that's been good that's been decent uh steve has to catch up on on the star stuff mm-hmm. uh power book two is coming out i think this month of march rather coming um so those are a couple of things that i watched and i watched this old school uh sean penn movie called bad boys it's like an old early 80s film one of his earliest works um that was pretty decent but uh that's it for me really is this uh is it uh force that's coming or power that's coming back uh i think power book two is coming back before force i think i think i I, i'm i'm all the way up on those it's just bmf that i'm behind on and um oh canaan rise of canaan i'm i'm i've never caught up on so i need to watch i need to watch both of those i need to make time for them um I I finished Kaleidoscope yesterday. Yo, watch that shit. I put they, it on the list. I started. Damn, they, I didn't they did it. such a good job with that shit, man. They did a, a really good job. You and you know that you got old boy from Breaking Bad. Um, I think his name is like John Carlo something. John Carlo Stanton. John Carlo. Yeah, he's the main he's the main actor, but I remember yeah, I, didn't I didn't know that. I thought it was like I thought it was just Kaleidoscope was one of those like new Netflix joints that everybody's kind of going crazy about or whatever. But I, I like that dude as an actor. So yeah, he does a good job in this in this one. Oh man, they so he's in it. I told you the the girl from Upload. Um, she's in it. Um, she's pretty. She's she's gonna like her. Um, and then there's a I've seen this the one that plays. She's a I forget her name. She's a, a Hispanic female actress, and um, I've seen her before, but I can't remember where. Uh, but she does a good job in it as well. They, I mean, I I think the writing in this was just really, really good. Um, they made it. It was supposed to be where you could watch any. Ep- you could watch it. One of those fil- those shows where you could watch it in any order, and um, and it'd be you know you'd be able to watch it and get a different um, take. And I feel like, like, as I sat there and I'm watching it all except for the final episode, which is how they kind of go over everything and they start doing flashbacks. You probably could the way they wrote it. They wrote it into where it's different parts of 
um, of the story. Like it'll start out one episode is five weeks before the heist. Then there's uh, one that's the morning of the heist. But you could have watched the morning of the heist and then the five weeks prior and still been like, oh, shit, this kind of makes sense. It's not one of those yeah. that you got, you know, you have to watch in a specific order. So, um, yeah, that, that I heard that too. Like you can watch it in any order and still get it. It was good though. It was good. I um I really really liked it. Uh so much so that I might go back and watch it again and let Netflix like jumble the order to see if I get the same, you know, the same thoughts on it. Um but it was good. I thought it was really good. Um that's really what I've been dedicating my time to aside from anything else. I haven't watched shit. That and um I got to go finish the challenge. My guilty pleasure last episode is out. Uh so I need to finish that. And Ant-Man, of course. You guys need to go see that. But I did watch the dunk contest last night. <laughs> I missed the rest of the All-Star Saturday night um, because I was uh, watching Ant-Man and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and I missed some of most of the Friday night shit. But um, the dunk contest was, you know, probably the highlight and. What are your thoughts on on the dunk contest? Um, we saw Mac McClung uh, got a great story. Kid that uh, you know was an up and coming high flyer since high school. Never mm-hmm. really made it into the NBA like the big leagues. I think he's G League right now, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's G Leaguer. Um, but this dude got mega, 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 mega bounce. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the dunk contest. This dude did four dunks. And all four were absolute fire, and he missed none of them. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, it, it kind of, you know, seeing that they that they had a G leaguer in there, it kind of goes back to something that I said on last year's pod. Yeah, you did the disaster, did. which was the dunk contest. When I said they should open this thing up and bring in like some of them, like and one YouTube dunk- dunkers. Yep. Yeah, yep. like you said like that. that. To, to spice it up, you know, and boom, here, here we are. I mean, I know it's not a, a YouTuber or an N1 dude. He's in the G League, but he's he's, he's NBA affiliate, you know, but uh, 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 this is what it's going to take. The, the guys who we currently have in the league aren't going to keep this thing interesting. And you can kind of see that when watching a dunk talk contest last night, because besides McCollum or, or McCollum, however he says his name, like he was the only one to me that was really that exciting. The rest of the shit was kind of like, eh. Yeah, the other ones were kind of kind of whack. And I think, so Shaq said it, and a lot of people, we've said it. Like, it's boring watching someone, like, on that first try and they miss, you're like, oh, shit, he almost got that. And then two, three, four, five times he's tried it, and then he finally gets it, and it's like, all right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I think these guys got it, the guys that were in the in the dunk contest last night. So a lot of their dunks were not very, they weren't like super, it was shit that was like, eh, okay, that was kind of dope. But these are also 6'11 guys versus this guy who I think he's like six feet or under six feet, um, McClung. And out the fucking building, this dude was jumping. Like the last dunk he did was a 540, which his head was like at the rim. The dude is crazy. Absolutely, absolutely bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. But yeah, getting the G League and some of these YouTube is going to be important because the stars that are in the league 
unfortunately, they're more LeBron than they are Kobe or Jordan. So they're afraid of losing the dunk contest than going into the dunk contest and trying. Yeah, I would agree. And they all want to be shooters. But I, I said this a long time ago. I said that that one of the most negative things I feel if you want to, you know, talk about LeBron, because, you know, me and you like to <laughs> love, hate, and bash him when we can. But one of the things that he has done to this generation is, you know, take away that desire to want to be a part of the dunk contest because he hasn't done it. You know, back in the day, guys like Jordan, Dominique, Sean Kemp, that was that was a part of their jacket. Like they they that was a thing of pride for them. Um and they had to do it. You know, all of those all of the greats have done it up until LeBron James. And, you know, it's, it's it is what it is. And I mean, he's also been the same guy that's played twenty years and not many injuries. So I mean he knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, as far as preserving himself and not wanting to be involved with that to some degree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it has influenced this generation's desire to really want to be in it and, and do something crazy. So, I mean, it also could be, you know, uh, um, I know we have on this podcast and in chat, you know, credited LeBron on his on his vision. Right. And and the same way, you know, he walked away from McDonald's and got with Blaze Pizza. You know, maybe he looked at the dunk contest and was like, yo, this shit is deader than refried beans. And I'm not getting involved with this shit. It was, but it <laughs> like, wasn't. Yeah. But it wasn't dead at that point. Like yeah, when, when he, he came, came in, in nah. when he came in, it wasn't dead up until years ago. I mean, in I think 2016 it, at least. Yeah, I think it started to go down downhill when um, Gordon from that point forward, because that was the last. I mean, there was a little bit of a gap between, but um, but I think Aaron Gordon was the last like fire like you're like yo i haven't seen nothing like this before um where he jumps and puts the ball under both legs like the shit is crazy and then it went down yeah then it went downhill by that time you're talking about Bron was in the league for about 15 years by then so that whole from year one to 15 like dude he should have been in there like you can't here's the thing you can't not be in there but then decide, you know, I need to try and showcase dunks in, in the all-star game. You know what I'm saying? The very next day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Don't you, you get you get the run out, just do a dunk, but don't try to do dunk contest dunks when you didn't, you know, have the, the balls or the heart to get in the night before. I hear what y'all are saying, but I guess I guess to me I, I look at it like, you know I love LeBron. LeBron huh? Well it's not it's not I, I, like, <laughs> I, I like him, right? But um, I think also, you know, LeBron is probably I don't I won't say he's the first, but I think he is one of the players who it seems like he got it. He understood it um er, a lot earlier in his career than a lot of athletes did in his time coming up. And it seems like more of them do now in, in all leagues for that matter, not just NBA. That whole Jay-Z line, you know, from from Diamonds Are Forever, you know, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. You know, and so taking away time to practice dunks, you know, that 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 shit could be money. Stop you know what I mean? It. Because stop it, Vari. You are reaching. Somebody who's behind there? Who's pushing his arm? This guy reaching. 
first he's first he just saw it because he has his third eye open and you know because he's the smartest man ever he knew it was a dying art now it's well i gotta go get this stop stop well i'm not saying that it's okay it's okay to say that he should have done it i said the vision thing and then you said nah that's bullshit because it didn't it didn't (laughs) it didn't it didn't fall off until 2014 that's okay okay let's okay we're not gonna say his vision Maybe he's looking at it like I can't, you know, time is money. And me spending weeks perfecting dunks is not a good look for me. Also, we've talked about this, and and I I still to this day continue to believe this is that LeBron compares himself to Jordan. He doesn't compare himself to Kobe, to Kareem. He can be there, there's only Jordan and him on the list, is the way I believe he sees it in his mind. What and position he should. Is, you know, man, who knows, right? But I think that LeBron knowing that Jordan won the dunk dunk contest and knowing if he enters it and doesn't win it, it's going to be a whole thing. So why why not put himself why put himself in that situation? It's the same it's still, why it, in my opinion. It's, it's still going to be slightly the same. It's still going to be slightly the same kind of uh, energy because he never participated in it. LeBron, so, I mean, LeBron James going to win it. LeBron James, if he had ever gotten in the dunk contest. He would have won it. He would have won well. it off of popularity, regardless. I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm saying I'm I'm trying to put myself in his mind and say maybe that could be why he's not doing it. The same reason why he don't cut off that receding hairline because people are like, oh he's trying to be Jordan. He think oh, his hair ain't even shaped good. Where's the earring? He ain't even got no earring on. What kind of you know what I'm saying? He cut he <laughs> cut that shit always, super low the night that he broke the record though. People <laughs> always gonna find a reason to say some shit about LeBron. You no matter what it is. I mean, now he's like, too old for. But he no, had a he like, had a window where he could have done it. He breaks the record, right? And people are like, "That's because he played twenty some years. That's the only reason he broke it." Oh, that well, well, the three points. Hold on, hold on, wait. Let me stop you right there, because you say the same shit about every quarterback that goes over Dan Marino's passing record. Oh, well, Dan Marino only played seven years. <laughs> like this is shit you always say. That's you can't listen. I need you to be on one side or the other. No. No, here's the thing though. This is this is. The <laughs> I got him, EJ. I got him. He's on the ropes. He's on the ropes, Coach. <laughs> See, he does bleed. He's not a machine. <laughs> He's a man. You got him. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, right? but I'm I'm saying that people make the argument about LeBron with the points, saying how long he played, and then they say stuff like. Well, the three-point shot wasn't a thing when when Kareem played, you know. And so, look at all these. He got eight thousand of his points from three-pointers. That's bull. You can't really count. And it's like people will always look for a reason to put an asterisk next to something that LeBron does. And I think you know, you guys have said he's soft for it. You know, I've said something differently, but you know, I think that LeBron allows that shit to get in his head and in his thought process on the decisions that he make within his his playing career. He does. I think you're right there. I think you're right there. He, you know what? The one thing you can say about LeBron, another Jay-Z line, never been a nigga this good for this long. Like, he has been playing at that level. I don't think we I, – actually, I'm, I can't say I don't think. We've never seen anybody play at that level for 20 years. For 20 years. This guy has been top five in the league top three maybe depending on you know i can't think of a time where there there was a time probably when kobe was you know there edging him 
you could have made an an argument for Wade, but that's probably where it ended. I don't think there was ever a point in the league where LeBron wasn't considered a top three guy or three to five guy, even at this point, when you take everything into consideration. Sure, he's lost a step now at 38. You know, sure, he's, you know, they're not winning as much because, like you said, VP on episodes past, he's 38. He He's still great, but he can't will the win every single night, night in and night out for 82 games, you know, at 38 years old. Defeated. But but he's but he is defeated. <laughs> Twenty years strong, and he's he he hasn't fallen off. He hasn't fallen off a cliff. Fallen off a little bit, not a cliff. But he's still. So I think that's the key, right? We haven't seen that kind mm-hmm. of longevity. But I. So my my key here, right? When we talk, and you know, the goat conversation is always going to be a thing. But there's not thirteen years. You can't take thirteen years of LeBron's career. Any 13, I'll give you any 13 years of his career. You can disqualify any of the other ones and put those up against the 13 of Jordan and say that he's he was the better option or player. If I could choose 13 years of one person's career, it would be Jordan over anybody, over LeBron, over Magic, who didn't do 13. Uh, well, I guess he did, right? It was close. Um, definitely wasn't at a high level for that period of time. Um so that so when you talk about people that are like, oh well, he played twenty years. It's true, he did. He did play twenty years. Um, and of course, he came straight out of high school. Like he had the. So of course, he makes it that twenty years. These guys all went to college. These guys played four years. So that's four years uh, on their body. And you just said undefeated. Uh, well, Kobe, right? Besides Kobe and you know David Robinson and you know guys like that. But when you compare. Yeah, this guy's been longevity is the key for him, and he's going to continue. And that eight thousand may not even matter from the three points because he might break the record by eight thousand points by the time he fucking, um, by the time he retires, if not more. So I don't think he's ever going to be caught. Yeah, because he he does about about two thousand points a year. Yeah, you know. So although you know, since he broke the record, he's only scored two points. So. <laughs> Right. So taking LeBron out of uh, out of this conversation, because this was supposed to be an all star conversation. Dame Lillard won the um, three point three point contest last night. Um, Started to bet on him. Who won the skills skills challenge? Was that uh, fuck? Was that that wasn't he? Oh, Utah. Didn't Utah win it at home? Colin Sexton, um, Kennard. Uh, not Kennard, uh, something like that. The the center. I'm pretty sure they won that. Um, and then and then the dunk contest. You guys have any takes on on those three things? Any takes on Dame Lillard going out and winning a three point contest? I mean, as far as Dame goes, man, like that dude's never leaving. Um, uh, He's a loser. Trailblazer. Yeah, and it, oh. that shit is disappointing. That shit is truly oh. disappointing. Who was he up against? I know Huerta uh, uh, was one. Uh, VP's uh, boy won. Oh, he's supposed to win. He's supposed to win. Tyrese Halliburton. Come on, man. Stop. Huerta, VP's boy. Uh, yeah, Tyler Hero. Hero. Yeah. Come on. He, yeah, he had to win that. Dunk. Uh, Dame had to win that. I'm ready for the. I'm ready for the action to get back. <laughs> I'm like, but, I don't. I don't care you know, about the All Star Weekend. 
yeah, All Star Weekend is has kind of lost its luster, and I and I also think that I, I like the fact that they spread it around, but I think they're they're spreading it around in some of the wrong places, you know. Yep. And yep. it's like All Star Weekend used to be like a thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't have a problem with it going to smaller markets like these people. They're in the NBA. They want to they want to bring that business and stuff to their communities, and that that's cool, right? But it's like maybe we should have it like in in New York. Atlanta, LA, Miami, New Orleans, and then say, okay, let's go to Salt Lake City. And then we New York, LA, Miami, Atlanta. <laughs> okay, we can go to Charlotte now. You know, New York, LA, my you, know, you see what right. this shit. Right. Weekend in Salt Lake City. Yeah, the place, <laughs> the place definitely matters, man. Um, but when Shaq stopped doing all-star comedy joints, man, that went downhill from there, brother. Yeah, even know. like watching the fan, the fan reactions didn't even like, you know, obviously the people on the sidelines are the ones who get the most like camera time and shit like that. But like the people on the sidelines just seem like, mm-hmm. yeah, man. You know? <laughs> well, so now it's like, now it seems like All Star Weekend is becoming all about the All Star game. Like that's where you're getting the hypeness, you know, so you're losing the Friday and the Saturday, you know, festivities, the Friday rising star game is good to see because you see guys like McClung, like we, we got to see him play ball the other night. We got to see, um, uh, Mobley from Cleveland. Who's been balling all year, do his thing. We got to see, um, Quentin Grimes. We've seen a lot of these young kids do, do, you know, show us what they, what they're made of up against people of their caliber, right? You take a Quentin Grimes and you put him in there in a starting lineup or in, in a lineup where he has, has to play against a Lakers super team or, he, or he's got to play against, you know, the Bulls with a DeRozan and a Levine. He's a starter, and... he's a starter now. Not consistently. I, I think, I yeah, think no, he's, he's a starter much. now. Right. I, think loves they're doing, I think they're doing too much, right? I think for All-Star Weekend, one, get rid of rising stars. Just make those guys get on the All-Star team. Like, I know you ain't going to be able to get all of them, you know what I mean? But find a way to incorporate them into the All-Star game on Sunday. Friday, you have the celebrity game. That shit is, like, always funny to me, like, especially when Kevin Hart was in it. Like, he used to mm-hmm. really make it real funny. You do, you do the celebrity game on Friday. You you bring people that can actually, you know, elevate the game some. Who can, who can oh, play DK with. Metcalf was dunking on Cats Friday. I don't, I don't necessarily care about dunking, but I'm saying, like, the celebrity game, I feel like it's supposed to be – Part basketball, oh, actual basketball. celebrities. Yeah, you know, like you know, I know they have like some WNBA players, and you know, but like I said, like when it was like Kevin Hart in it, like Arnie Duncan, the the Secretary of Education for Obama, he was in it, like he could actually play. He some. was balling. Yeah, he Arnie was balling. Was balling. You know? So like it, the shit was actually like good. You know, it was funny. And then Saturday, you do the skills competition. I still think they should get rid of the dunk contest or bring the YouTube guys, like I said. But you do the skill shit. And then Sunday, you do the all-star game with the with the concert at halftime and all this, you know. But they're nah, kind you of can't like, you can't get rid of the dunk contest. Dunk contest is necessary, three point is necessary, and maybe you move the skills to a daytime thing, like they do with the NFL. Like we don't see all the NFL stuff that happens. Um, during Pro Bowl week, we only really see the Pro Bowl. So maybe you take the skills challenge and make that a daytime thing. Like if you're watching NBA TV, you catch it at three o'clock or noon or something. Then you move the, the, you know, and then you start to move just the three point in the dunk contest like it used to be in the evenings. But same thing, you got to get these stars to buy in. Like even if they're just buying into the three point contest, we didn't see Steph this year. Of course, he's hurt. 
We didn't see Clay this year. Um, there's other shooters. KD, of course, he's hurt. Kyrie, like I would like to see those guys over a Buddy Heald, over a Tyrese Halliburton, over a Tyler Harrow. I know that's your guy, but like you know, these guys are they're shooters, but they're not shooter shooters. Seeing but. Dame, see, seeing Dame, because the difference is Buddy Heald, Tyler Hero, those guys can hit a three. They can be consistent. They're hot cold. But when you got guys like a Dame or Kyrie or those, when they hit that hot streak, it's different. It's different. And that's how Dame won. And right. I would like to see those guys do that over seeing these nobodies. No but, offense, not to be nobodies, but you get But let's say you have your scenario. KD gets out there, Dame, you know, some <laughs> of these other, these other bigger names. And then you get out there and Duncan Robinson gets you. You know, like, I think these people are looking at it like, yo, this shit is not a good look for me. Like LeBron. Yeah. That's what they're looking at it like. It'll hurt the brand. But it doesn't. But it doesn't. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that it does. But I'm saying, but but the thing is, you got to understand, too, Steve, is that it's not like it's these these people aren't making this decision in the vacuum. Right. These players got their business manager and their agents and all these people who they're not just sitting there and say, oh, the dunk contest coming. Should I enter that? Nah, they're not like. (laughs) <laughs> they, they, they probably sit around in a fucking in a meeting and say what do you think look man this could be you know if you do this and you do the blah blah, blah i can see this thing happening blah, blah, this could happen you know blah, 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 blah. they got all these people who are helping them make these decisions about the overthinking they take in their in their business life and their basketball life etc cetera, etc cetera. and some people are saying yo that's not good for the brand man that's, that's or or they're probably not even saying for the brand they're saying that's not good for us <laughs> you know what i mean that's, that's just that's overthinking and selfish. Y'all, y'all said it last time, um, this time last year, one way to improve the All-Star game, you know, have some of those rising stars. If you're going to have a rising star game, let them play the WNBA. Let them play against no, each other. No. Guys with skirts. No? Y'all like that? I thought no. y'all said this no. last year. The no. only way VP wants girls in sports is if they're, if it's girls that are boys. Like that's the only way. He don't want girls versus boys. Oh, <laughs> woke, woke nation. <laughs> wow, boy. Lefty. Um. No, nah, I, I, I don't want to see the NBA versus the WME. No, I, I would rather. I think what we I said was we, it would be a competition. I mean, all of that talk, no, equal not pay. All that equal pay talk, you know what I mean? Oh, there's a reason there ain't equal pay. They need to stop that shit. <laughs> Go, just look at the stands. Y'all play in a high school gym and can't fill it up. <laughs> like this, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. As, as it's people watch sports for athleticism and excitement, and it's unfortunately basketball, football. You're not going to get the athleticism and the excitement that you're going to get from watching brolic fucking 200, 300 pound men beating on each other, running, outrunning and stuff like that. I don't mind watching women swimming, volleyball, golf even. I don't even mind watching them play golf because it's not something that I expect to see, you know, um, overwhelming amount of athleticism. You know what I mean? Women's college women's basketball is is, is and really even college basket even college yeah. women's basketball is okay to me, um, because 
No, it's not. I'm lying. <laughs> I'm lying. It's because I'm from Connecticut and I'm a UConn fan. That's the only reason I like college women's basketball. Basketball is the is the one women's sport where like it, when I watch it, it almost looks like I'm watching a pickup game at the park or something. Like they don't look yeah. that good. Like when I watch like women's soccer, like you like yo wow, you know what I mean? Tennis, like to Steve's point, golf, swim, like all those other like sports. It's like yo, I just figured it out. I just figured it out. Women's basketball, the talent level is so far spread out from A talent to the B talent. They're like the B talent is like a pickup game player. You have a Tarasi, you have a handful of stars that are good, great, 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 great players, but then there's no competition otherwise. And that might be another thing. That might be another reason why, you know. It's not as entertaining. Eh, people. I think the league is. I think the league is getting a little bit more balanced. These young, young ladies that are coming in these days are are, are getting dope. And this off season, with um, you know, different free agent signings, you're going to see some more teams, some more competition, uh, spread around. But I, I get it. I get it. I get it. And when you got people like Lisa Leslie giving a 49, when everyone else gave Mac McClung a 50 last night. She ain't doing nothing for women's basketball. Then <laughs> they don't even trust their judgment right now after after that. <laughs> oh man, I'm just fucking off. All right. Um what else, man? All right. So dunk contest, uh all-star game tonight. You guys think it's going to be a wash? Like the Western Conference is just so damn strong. Oh, but oh no, they're oh no, they're they're picking, right? They're doing a draft, like a draft before the game. Oh, they haven't picked the teams already? No. No, they have the starters, but they're going to do it like back in the day, like a pickup. Like, yo, LeBron's going to be like, oh, I got Kyrie. And then Giannis is going to be like, oh, I got AD or whatever. Gotcha. So they don't they don't have the actual teams right now, which makes it hard to bet on. I don't even think you can bet They on did that them. last year, though, didn't they? Didn't they do the draft last year? Yeah, they, they they've done it. They've done a draft the last like two. But they didn't do it like right before the game. But like yeah, you've Steve been they've televised it. Right. Be yeah. Like game almost where you're at the park. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Versus, yeah. Today they dope. don't know who's. Yeah. They don't know who the who's playing against who today. Oh, as dope. of yet. So that's pretty dope. I can't. That's that's gonna be interesting to watch. I kind of like the 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 when they pick the teams on the, with a uh, Chuck. And that the, shit was and funny. Like that shit was funny. <laughs> Them dudes are fucking Shaq and Chuck. Them motherfuckers are money every time, yo. Yeah. That shit was yeah. funny, yo. Just looking at KD's face that one year, yeah. LeBron just looking at him like, "Yo, that shit was funny." Sir. Whoever whoever came up and found that match, like for them, is their genius, and that's who should be picking talent for everything in this world because they just <laughs> found a perfect match. And even Ernie like fits in with them perfectly. Like he's the perfect balance, almost like VP for me and EJ. Sometimes like we get off the the rocker, and sometimes. We need the, you know, cooler head to prevail. And that's usually VP. But that's kind of like Ernie to me. Like I watch him. He kind of keeps them because they could go all night just joking and being fools. Yeah. Yeah. That shit is funny. That, that cast is money. Absolutely yeah. money. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I look forward to watching that tonight. Um. Do you guys think that LeBron is going to make it a point to get the MVP tonight since he just won the scoring title? I mean, he shit, he better. He's he's a, uh, you know, he's. I, if I'm the Lakers, I feel pissed that you know he's been hurt, 
and yeah, you know he hasn't right. basically played since he broke the record. And then his first game back is the All Star game. Like, like what the fuck, yo? You, like, what are we paying you fifty million dollars for? Didn't Ar- Amari or or uh, Amari Sadmeyer or Melo do the same thing? EJ, I think Melo sat out, sat out for like four games before the All Star game because he was hurt, and then played an All Star game. Yeah, well, Melo was on some straight bullshit in New York. He wanted to be out of New York. That's the difference. He, yeah. he was in some bullshit in New York for a long time, just overall period. That was probably the most out of shape Melo. I mean, this I mean, this motherfucker now is playing was you know playing up a couple years ago, lean dunking again. This motherfucker yeah. couldn't even dunk in New York, man. He was he, he was different. <laughs> <laughs> he was different. That's all that uh White Castle, man. All that all them rice and beans he was getting <laughs> back right. home and shit. <laughs> right, hanging out down there. Never mind. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said so you think? Do you think LeBron's gonna try and do that, EJ? I think he will. I think he will try to put on the show. I mean, that's what he does. That's what he does. If if LeBron doesn't get MVP, actually, whether he does or doesn't, who's your pick for MVP? Who do you think gets MVP tonight? I think it's tough just because we don't know who the teams are. Is Spider Mitchell in it? I think so. I think it's so. Spider Mitchell's in it. He's my pick. Uh, let's see. Um, so you got Jokic. There was a couple people that actually got um that got snubbed too. A couple people got snubbed. Um, but you got Giannis. I don't know if he's playing because he got hurt the last game before so i don't know if Giannis is playing but um but it's Giannis and braun are, are the cap check that out well i just saw something in the chat that's very very appealing to me kevin love yeah i like that yeah it's okay um all right so ooh, luca joel Embiid, Kyrie. Lori Markinen, John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jokic, Tatum. Those are the guys they have to choose from for starters. And then the reserves, Steph, who I think's hurt, not playing. KD not hurt, is hurt, not playing. Bam, Zion, hurt, not playing. Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brown, I think he's also hurt. DeMar DeRozan, De'Aaron Fox. Paul George, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Shea, uh, Alexander, Jaron Jackson. None of these guys. Dame may be the only other one, I think, that could get MVP that's not a starter. Um, I think John Morant's going to go for MVP tonight. I guess I guess he didn't go for it. John Morant, this dude, he don't, he don't care about nothing or nobody. So even if <laughs> even if all the, the guys came out and they're like, yo, we need to make sure so-and-so gets it for whatever reason or, you know what I mean? He he don't care about that. He's going to do his own thing. He's he just he's Gen Zer. He's one of them guys. Um, you're not banking on Bam out of bio? Uh, no. No. <laughs> ja. So I got Ja. One, Doncic, two, uh, and then I have a tie between Giannis and Jokic. And I think Giannis 
just because he's all over the place. But I think Jokic could go for like, he might do something like, he might try to break the assist record. I mean, I don't, I think it's going to be tough for Giannis only because Giannis is not a shooter. So um, I think it's always going to be tough for him to win because usually it's, all, it's all, most points is the only thing that matters, right? Your, your team win and you have most points. For the most part, but they do look at like, like if, if, uh, if Jokic went like 15 and 27, like with 27 assists, he gonna be he gonna win it. If LeBron go for forty, they still probably give it to Jokic. Like, because yeah. it's because it's it's a mile like twenty seven assists. <laughs> like, the shit's crazy. So I yeah. think point points are key, but I do think they look at all around performance. Remember that that year Chris Paul got it. He had something like eighteen assists, something like that. Mm. Okay, yeah, I see it. But I I think um. I don't think John ja Morant's going to be a starter. So like, I think usually it's going to go to somebody who's a starter. And that's, that's the tough part for, it. I think Ja will try to win it, but I don't think he's going to just cause I don't think he'll be a starter. No, he's starting. Oh, he's starting. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So Ja, I would say Ja, Giannis, LeBron, and probably Jokic. Would, would yeah. Be the, 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 the candidates. I think John ja Morant got slotted in because Steph is hurt as a starter. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gotcha. what it is. Uh, Steph was voted as a starter. KD was voted as a starter. Zion was voted as a starter. Uh, yeah, John Moran is replacing Curry. That's what it is. And Lori Markinen is replacing Zion Williamson as a starter. And then everyone else that's starting, Luka, Braun, all the rest of them, they're actual starters. Oh, no. Joel Embiid was not a starter. He's replacing uh, Kevin Durant. Gotcha. As okay. a starter, so yeah, I, I I mean I think it'll be an interesting game. I, I I'm more uh, interested in watching the um, how they pick the teams too, though. That's going to be dope. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I'll be watching it. Um, what else? Anything else for us to touch on? Um, just real quick on the on the political front. I, I won't go long here because we're pretty much at time. Um, uh, former President Jimmy Carter uh, entered a hospice care. Uh, he's doing hospice care at home, though. Um, so, you know, could be losing him, uh, you know, any day now, basically, since he's basically doing uh, palliative uh, hospice care. Uh, he was the uh, 39th president of the United States uh, in between uh, Nixon, Ford, kind of Nixon resigned, Ford becomes president, and then Ronald Reagan, who was after uh, Carter. Uh, he only served four years in uh, in office, but... Um, did a lot of work in his post presidency. Wrote he wrote like twenty some books. Uh, did a lot of work with uh, Habitat for uh, Humanity, um, um, building homes for people all around the around the country. Um, that did a bunch of work in Africa with you know helping um, nonprofit organizations like give out medicine for um, malaria and things like that. One of the things that I, I heard about Jimmy Carter when I was in college, I actually didn't even know about it, was. Um, in Africa, there's this disease called river blindness that people get. I guess mm-hmm. they get by like mosquitoes that live near this certain river, and um, um, this drug company Merck they made a medicate a vaccine for it that could basically prevent it. They basically were like, "Yo, we got this vaccine. We're willing to give it away for free, but we don't have a way to distribute it." And then Jimmy Carter stepped in with his uh, presidential center 
and then like partner with like some um, some NGOs, some non-governmental organizations like charity organizations to mm-hmm. make get the medication from the drug company over to Africa to help those people with um, uh, who was facing that river blindness um, thing. And it's something that they've been doing like since the late 90s, early 2000s or something, making this medication that they essentially give away for free to help those people in Africa. So, but yeah, wow. man, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's been around, he's 98 years old, our oldest living uh, former president ever. And, uh, you know, thoughts to his, uh, his family, friends, loved ones. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, uh, he's at least comfortable. With, they haven't said what's going on with him. They just said that he's inter hot. He was in the hospital in and out um, the last couple of weeks, which nobody knew about. And now he's inter hospice care. So I'm guessing, you know, he, he's ready. Yeah. 98. I mean, listen, to transition at 98, we would all love to live that long. Yeah, at least if we're somewhat healthy. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be in my nineties and be in and out of the hospital and you know not having, being able to breathe and shit like that. But yeah. you can live to be a pretty healthy and and you know not see hospitals until you're ninety seven, ninety eight years old. That's a victory, right? And I mean, he, I mean, leaving last year, he was still working with Habitat for Humanity, building homes last year. So it's not like yeah. he's ninety eight and just has been a. a you know, just in a rocking chair, basically. He's, he's been active still. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's up there in age. Him and his wife, uh, his wife, Rosalind, is still alive. Um, They've been married at like 70, I think it's like 77 years or something like that. They've crazy. Been so, yeah. <laughs> crazy. Dude, I mean, he's hell of a life, man. Fucking fought in World War II, you know, uh, uh, governor of Georgia, peanut farm, president, you know, all the charity work afterwards, it's, you know. Hell of a life, man. Yeah. Think about from shit, being 98, all the shit that you've seen. You done yeah. seen, went through. You've seen racism. You've seen, like, you know what I mean? Like, you've yeah. seen a little bit of everything. So Yeah. I mean, you you know, I, I think people don't don't think about that when, when you look at, like, even in our lives. But, I mean, you know, you look at, you know, he's almost 100. So he was born in the 1920s. That's Great Depression. Mm-hmm. World War II. You know, the Korean War. Vietnam. No technology, like no, no computers, no cell phones, the, mm-hmm. the landing on the moon, civil rights, fucking uh, uh, the AIDS epidemic, the crack epidemic, the, the invention of the Internet. You know, I mean, shit, even in the in the 1920s, the car was just becoming a thing, you right. know, so, like for them, the car was kind of like the Internet, you know, for us. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, no horse and buggy shit no more. Yeah, man. So that's that's a hell of a life, man. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, hopefully, I mean, like you said, hopefully he's comfortable. That's what hospice is, right? Hospice yeah. and palliative care. Keep him comfortable and, you know, let him go on his, on his own time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man. So uh, shout out to him and, uh, like, again, thoughts to his, uh, his, his uh, family and everybody, man. Hopefully... They're all as you know, as well as possible. Yeah. Anything else on the political front? Not much, man. Like, like I, like I told you guys, with the whole, you know, with the Congress being split and the Republicans are basically focused on Hunter Biden, so it ain't really much happening at this point. They're trying to still work on the debt ceiling, but you know, the way politicians work, you can't get anything done unless it's a crisis. And so, even though we've gone through our our debt limit. 
we won't actually hit the debt ceiling until like June or July timeframe because the Treasury Secretary, the Treasury Secretary is able to do what they call extraordinary measures, where essentially are moving things around to still keep the lights on. You know what I mean? So, oh, OK, we, we, we instead of getting the board's head this week, you know, we're going to we're going to get great value, you know, and get the like, publics. Yeah, the public stuff. Brand. And so they're kind of doing that kind of thing, you know, to kind of make it make sense for people's regular lives. They're just moving shit around. Or I'm going to use a little bit of the rent money to pay the light bill, and then I'll be able to get the rent money next week when I get paid. And not, you know, and so, um, but that's going to end up running out like in June, July timeframe, and then that's when things are going to go to shit if they don't, um, if they don't uh, raise the debt ceiling. So for right now, it's kind of just watch the space, but ain't much happening in in, uh, in politics this week. Or, or right. for the time being, like even the the Republicans in the in the Senate were complaining that all the Democrats in the Senate have been doing is is um, confirming judges, and one of the uh, Democratic senators was like, "Well, talk to the Republican House and tell them to send us some legislation to." to, to <laughs> so, right. I'll tell you, tell your little brother to do some work over there, and we got something to talk no, about. Send us anything. So, only thing for us to do is to do judges. <laughs> so right. we're doing it. <laughs> so, right. But uh, oh, and then uh, John Fetterman, the senator from uh, um, from Pennsylvania, uh, he just got elected. He's the guy who ran against Dr. Oz. Um, he entered the uh, he 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 checked himself into a hospital uh, this week um, for depression. He was they they said that uh, he had a stroke during the campaign, and they said that uh, depression is one of the things that post stroke victims can suffer from. And he yeah. appears to be suffering from clinical uh, depression. So he checked himself into a hospital before things got uh, uh, crazy. Um, and so, you know, people are like shouting him out and like, yo, it's big on him to be in his position. And then, you know, have the the wherewithal to to go get help. You know, this this big for, um, you know, for people for mental health advocacy to say, like, yo, here's this guy who's a senator who is as, as public as his life is. He still went and got help so you can too and that kind of thing like that so um that also happened this week interesting i wonder how they play that i mean it, you know i was surprisingly um they they've you know they've they've handled it well surprisingly i i, I know where you're going with it I'm, I'm i'm surprised by that but they i think people are, are are giving it the the respect that it deserves you know what i mean and and trying to use it more of a like i said earlier like hey if this guy can go and seek help, you can too. Or you know, so there, there's help out there. Go, go, get yourself checked out if you need to. That's kind yeah. of been the 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 main. I mean, obviously, you know, there's trolls on on Twitter and shit like that who are there. You know, they're never going to miss an opportunity to 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 be a troll. But for the for the most part, people are being very responsible. I think. Good, good. Oh, all right. Well, if uh, if nothing else, without further ado. Uh, I will, you know, hand off the mic to you, let you do what you do. All right. Well, uh, folks, we definitely appreciate you guys rocking with us on this week's episode of the Cast Worthy Podcast. And like we've been saying, you know, make that phone call, send that text message, reach out to somebody, let them know you're you're, uh, you're thinking about them. If, just like that John Fetterman story, the senator from Pennsylvania we talked about, you never know what somebody's going through. So so don't be afraid to to reach out, ask somebody how they're doing, let them, letting them know that, you know, they're, they're kind of on your mind, they're on your heart. Um, it, could, it could go a long way. It could, it could save somebody's life, literally. Um, so, so definitely do that. Don't, don't, don't hold that grudge. Let that shit go. Um, 
you know, again, we definitely appreciate you guys for rocking with us on the podcast. You can find the podcast on all podcasting platforms by searching at Castworthy. You can also follow us on any of our social media by searching at Castworthy. On Instagram, we're at Castworthy underscore podcast. While you're there, leave us a like, comment, share, follow, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. We definitely would appreciate it if you guys would help us grow the audience. Hit the like button, all that, all that good stuff. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the All-Star game tonight. Hopefully you have a good time with your with your family this weekend if you're listening live. When you listen to the episode, when it posts, you know, hopefully you're, you're having a good week. And with that being said, we will see you on the next episode of the Castworthy Podcast. We're out. We love you. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.